Listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for episode number 345, somewhere in the middle of Christmas month as we decided to move it to December this year, uh, just because it felt more appropriate. And we are getting into the Christmas classic that never was, Ben Affleck's Surviving Christmas 2003. I was going to say 2003, but that never happened for various reasons that we probably talked about earlier this year. Little movie called Jiggly. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the nail in the coffin for Ben Affleck, which is, I think, part of the fun of this movie uh, and part of the fun of the, the history we're going to get to talk about. We get to talk about Ben Affleck, James Gandolfini, Catherine O'Hara in her first ever Christmas film, as we found out last week. <laughs> <laughs> and Christina Applegate, who did it a Christmas movie, I guess, as well. Uh, my name is Dougie Doogie Doug Ray Douglas. <laughs> and my name is Doodoo. And check out my firm butt cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that was the butt cheeks reference that I missed off air. Yes, <laughs> I, forgot I gave about it that. away. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Firm Asian butt cheeks or yeah, something like that. Tasty uh, Tasmanian. Colin. People look it up on the internet. <laughs> Is everybody's mom on it? <laughs> yes, they are. You should look it up. <laughs> wow, Surviving Christmas. Uh, I mentioned last week. I think both. We're not gonna have much history with this. Neither of us have seen it before. I mentioned last week. I saw ten minutes of this once when it was on TV, and it just seemed frantic and not hard to follow, but <laughs> hard to invest in. Uh, and I had very mixed emotions watching this movie. Uh, there were moments where I thought, yeah, they're on to something here. I didn't mind that. That was kind of funny. Uh, this is nice. And then there are moments where, uh, it all went down the drain. Um, and honestly, I walked away from this trying to think, what would this movie be? And all I could think of was, this is like the IBS of Christmas movies. Like just when you think, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm going to get up. I'm going to walk around right back to the toilet. Um, so I want to deem surviving Christmas. If nobody else has done this before the IBS of Christmas movies, Ben, what did you think? I actually read that on the DVD cover. That's funny. That's, that's what was written there. See, I, I, I'm very similar. I was going to call this the Gigli of Christmas movies in that there's something good here. It's just not executed. Well, like, there's something about this movie that I don't hate. And I think like this, mm-hmm. like maybe it's a Ben Affleck thing. Like maybe it's just Ben Affleck. Like you just, you like this guy. He's, I, I swear he puts his all into this movie. Like I actually think oh, yeah. Ben Affleck is in having a great time doing this movie. And he's so like confident, like, yeah, this is going to be my Christmas hit. People are going to love me again. And then we get this movie and you're kind of like, eh. Because, like, the start of this movie, I'm going, wow, like, slow down. Where are we? And, like, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, this guy's a jerk. Like, are we meant to <laughs> like this guy? Like, I don't get it. But it just hits you in the face every now and then. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I see what they're doing here. Um, I, I get it. Like, I don't know. There's just there's something about this that I don't hate, but I also don't love this movie. So, yeah, I feel like similar to Gigli. There's something in this that could have made this an absolute classic. So I'm putting yeah. that on Ben Affleck, but I, <laughs> the IBS thing, that's, that's a good way of looking at it. Maybe. Uh, you know, we should clarify when you say there's something good in here. You didn't say there was anything good about Gigli. You just simply said <laughs> there was potential. You could have made yeah. this work. But when and, we and I that agree. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I agree with you on this. I, I feel like there's a lot of things that just were underdeveloped or not developed in the right way. And they just made certain decisions with the story that left you scratching your head as opposed to maybe if you just gone a little bit differently in this direction, you could have had something to work with. Mm. I mean, the whole dysfunctional family Christmas, that's been done to death. I mean, even, uh, I'm not gonna say this time period, this this was the innovator of them, let's call it that. But following <laughs> this, you had, uh, what was it, um, uh, the family stone, Mm. Uh, and then there was uh, another one a lot like that a couple of years ago, Love the Coopers. Mm. And I, mean, I think both of those are much superior movies, but yet they're blander. They're just, it's very one dimensional. It's just dysfunctional family Christmas. This one has a bit of a hook to it because it's not his family. He wants somebody to pose as his family. There are problems with that that we're going to get into in this, but it's at least something original. Uh, yeah. And I, I feel the more I read the history in this, the more I just felt bad for this movie because uh some of the stuff you'll find online says that, oh, this movie was pulled because of Paycheck, the other movie Ben Affleck had coming out at the time. No way that's true because Paycheck's release date was on Christmas Day and nobody releases a Christmas movie on Christmas Day. They release it well ahead of time. If anything, them competing with Paycheck, it would have been Paycheck that moved because this would have had the jump on it. More likely, this came out right after Geely, and they said, let's shelve it. We're not going to risk another Ben Affleck comedy that's going to flop, especially one that's not particularly good, and let's put this on the shelf. Now, what caused even more complication, I think this is where it gets fun, because it ties in a little bit to when we uh, talked about Rogue One and Rogue Nation a couple of years ago when we were covering the Mission Impossible and Star Wars movies. Uh, the title of this movie posed another problem where when they finally determined a year later, okay, we're far enough removed from Gigli and Paycheck, uh, we can uh, put this movie out now. There is a, a competing movie, uh, which ended up being called Christmas of the Cranks. Christmas of the Cranks' original title was Skipping Christmas based on a John Grisham novel. So the mix up with this was that they didn't want to have competing Skipping or Skipping Christmas and Surviving Christmas coming out back to back. The movies actually do have a lot of the similarities, but like the Rogue One, Rogue Nation thing where there's just this bizarre deal where the studio said, we don't want people to get confused. So let's release Mission Impossible a few months later, but Mission Impossible gets released their trailer before the Rogue One one. This one came down to one of you is going to change the title of the movie and the other one gets to be released first. Hmm. Uh, so this kept the surviving Christmas, but it was forced to be released in October. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Very big Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're, we're talking like before, a week or two before Halloween even. Mm. And obviously it didn't work for the box office, but what ended up happening was that they were able to release this on DVD <laughs> by the time Christmas came out because it did so poorly with their rush release date. But they got to keep the surviving Christmas thing. Uh, there's going to be a lot of comparisons I'm going to have with this and Christmas of the Cranks. I feel the movies are very similar, but I also feel like Christmas of the Cranks pulls it off a lot better and it probably you know showed in the box office but uh I'm, I'm guessing you didn't know much about the the drama all of the battles to get this movie even released no i'm just reading a few of the trivia bits here about it i love the fact that apparently this was uh completed without a script uh, and essentially <laughs> it says here that james gandolfini said that uh most of the film was improvised and and let's be honest i think that shows and that's yeah. where there's a problem because again like if you've got a script for this like I feel you could have much more of a solid film um, out of it. And yeah, I, I, that, that's really interesting to read that. And also seeing here, John White, 
uh, Ben Affleck's stand-in wrote a devastating depiction of what filming was like in his book Dreams That Die, Misadventures of Hollywood. Uh, Misadventures in Hollywood, sorry. So uh, that, that would be interesting. But I always, I always wonder about Christmas movies because... You know, you want to release them around Christmas time, obviously. As you said, you don't release them on Christmas Day because that people don't want to go watch a Christmas movie on Christmas Day. You want to watch it in December or the end of November. But when it comes to filming these, particularly like the opening sequence of this movie where you've got all these like streets of Chicago and that, like I'm assuming most Christmas movies often would have to be filmed like a year in advance, particularly if you're trying to get these like Christmas mm-hmm. scenes in. So if you're saying that this is maybe meant to come out in 2003, they've maybe filmed some of that in like 2002 um, kind of like all the streets of Chicago and that, or maybe they just buy some stock footage from a TV network. I don't know, because obviously everything else you can sort of work around it, right? You don't need to be out in the streets for Christmas, and I realise there's movie magic to make it happen, but kind of some of those big moments where you've got a tree and you've got Chicago lit up and all these kind of things. But, um, yeah, it, Christmas movies, it's a unique genre. I feel like we haven't really talked a lot about this in our Christmas coverage because, you know, what other... Yeah, you kind of have a Halloween movie every now and then, um, a summer movie. But, like, I mean, there's no other real period of year where you have, like, such a genre blast of movies, is there? Like, where's the Easter mm-hmm. movie month and things <laughs> like that? Like, it kind of it just doesn't happen. It's an odd thing and that, you know, like, it's kind of like when a singer releases a Christmas album. It's like you're literally releasing a product that you can only listen to once a year. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's it's an odd thing to commit to, but... I guess Ben Affleck at this time in his life, he was committing to Gigli, he was committing to J-Lo, he was, I don't know, <laughs> he was committing to alcoholism. I have no yeah, idea. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like Ben Affleck. Like, I feel so bad. This is a guy well, who was on my book in year six, like on my front cover of my exercise book for math or something like that. Like, always love Ben Affleck, but I just feel so bad this period of his life. I want to sit down with yeah. Ben Affleck. Ben, how were you in 2004? Be honest, Ben, come on. I, we talked about a bit in the Geely episode too that uh, you know he, he's had his ups and downs, but both of us, I guess, grew up as fans of his. You know, when yeah. he first broke on the scene, he was cool, he was different, and I think there were so many other of the young, handsome actors of that era, like the Matt Damon's, the Leonardo DiCaprio's, who took themselves so seriously. And even though half of the stuff that Ben Affleck made after you know Goodwill Hunting was garbage. He was a guy who was having fun with his career, and I think that's what I appreciate about him. Now, I'm not going to say I always appreciated him because uh, <laughs> I think everybody kind of got burnt out on him after a while, and he did make some bad movies. I, I managed to avoid both this and Geely, but um, he, he came out of it okay. This is one of the best comeback stories in the history of Hollywood. I mean, after this, he uh, had, uh, I think, Jersey Girl. He had uh, a straight-to-video movie, and then he was gone until he had that supporting role in Hollywoodland, which got him critical attention again, but also bombed. And nobody would really see him uh, again in a leading role. Let's say from this year, Jersey Girl and Surviving Christmas, no leading roles from Ben Affleck until Argo came out. And what was that? Like five, six years later? Mm. Yeah, 2009. Long gap. Was it? Yeah, I mean, he he made his comeback as a director. So even longer. Yeah, we're looking mm. at eight years from him being star leading man, even in the dumps here to being able to star in a, you know, a theatrical release movie again. Uh, but yeah, this was this was not Affleck's year. Uh, I will agree with you. He definitely looks like he's having fun this movie. At times, it looks like he's having too much fun. Yeah. Um, I- I'm questioning his uh, soberness in a few of these scenes. <laughs> There's one in particular, which if you get it queued up, you're totally going to see what I'm talking about. It's it's basically the opening you know few scenes of the movie. 
Uh, he, let's just say it, he looks stoned out of his mind in the opening couple. Not even just drunk. He looks stoned out of his mind in the first couple scenes of this movie. Uh, but we can uh, pretty much jump into this here. Uh, Who's this the director? Movie, Do we know the director, Mike Mitchell? Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I, I looked him up, and he had done something uh, recently. Oh, did you like, That's a good movie. Yeah, so, I mean, you could see a lot of commonalities in some of his early Shrek movies four. here. I'm not, that's the only Shrek movie I haven't seen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, he did a Shrek movie. He did Alvin and the Chipmunks, Chipwreck. He did the SpongeBob, Sponge Out of Water movie. Uh, recently Trolls. made a big comeback with Trolls and the Lego movie part two. So, he had, uh, I guess, uh, some live action, goofy comedies like this and Sky High and uh, Deuce Bigelow went into animation. And last two movies, I guess, very acclaimed animated movies. So that's something. And he's currently uh, working on a movie called Brendar the Barbarian, a TV series, oh, actually. Of, of course. Uh, about a troll. Yep. Uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, uh, and... Count down the days. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm still waiting to get you on for the Trolls 2 review. So I, I, I have not even seen Trolls 1. Uh, so, yes. I have seen it more times than I willingly uh, would have ever agreed <laughs> I'm not allowed to, to see kids' movies because generally kids will want to watch it. And <laughs> yeah, that's in, right. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this movie does have a fairly big cast. You could tell there was something here that they wanted to sign on for. James Gandolfini, Catherine O'Hara, Christina Applegate. Uh, nice little role from Stephen Root, who I'm a big fan of in news radio. Most people know him from uh, Office Space uh, instead. But uh, decent cast for this movie. Uh, ben Affleck obviously was the star of this. Now, the promotion is also a little bit interesting just before we get into the uh, recap of this, that the original poster, they did not even feature Ben Affleck on it. And it's only the DVD release that uh, decided to put a tag on the Christmas present that's crushing a person on the poster uh-huh. that has Ben Affleck and James Gandolfini's face on it. So they, they didn't even want people to know Ben Affleck was in this movie when it came out. Like that's how bad of a year 2004 was for him. Uh, let's get into this here. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the opening credits, which I thought was setting up characters we were going to see because we're seeing a montage of the same characters over and over again. This guy trying to wrap presents and everything. And these people aren't even part of the movie. So it was really odd to see this opening montage of people you would not even see in the movie. Ben Affleck is uh, doing a pitch. He's an advertising executive, uh, which this is very madman like, but uh, I, I'm going to have a lot of questions about his wealth because I don't think any advertising executive who sells to small eggnog companies is going to be able to have hundreds of thousands of dollars to throw around. Uh, his pitch for the eggnog here is, uh, you know, what is Christmas about? It's about getting together with your family and needing as much alcohol as possible to get through being with your family. Uh, it sounds like an absurd pitch. But the eggnog uh, makers absolutely love this, I guess. So they decide to go with it. This is a scene, again, where he looks so stoned. It's not even funny. Uh, and I, I did notice the shirt he was wearing in one of these yep. opening sequences here. Yeah, Whistler, British Columbia. Very nice. Yep. yep. Uh, don't know the reason behind it, but that's cool. He was he was advocating for uh, the, the Olympic bid. I believe they had just been awarded the Olympics around about then, Vancouver. So, of course, uh, that's where most of the uh, skiing in that I was. So have you been to Whistler? Uh, no, I've never been to Whistler. Been all over BC, but not Whistler. I was meant to have been there some point this month, but I think we might be going <laughs> next month if BC stops killing people because of COVID. So watch <laughs> this space. I will hopefully be going there soon. If you can get the same shirt as Ben Affleck had, we'll, we'll yes. 
Send out a photo op on Instagram. I, I hear it's the number one seller there. They've kept it on their um, their tourist <laughs> shops because where the shirt Ben Affleck wore in Surviving Christmas. <laughs> the the official store of Surviving Christmas, yes. where you can get you know how we this. did that to twist the museum uh, interview yeah. like a couple of years ago. That that's they love it in Whistler. Like yeah, we had the Olympics, <laughs> but we also had Ben Affleck wearing a Whistler shirt in Surviving Christmas. Uh, well, let's let's. Put something similar out on our T Public store. I'm sure people can go at the time this episode out. We guarantee it'll say Whistler though. Just have it say Ben Affleck or like yeah, Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> I wear a Ben Affleck T-shirt. Uh, so he's uh, celebrating with his girlfriend here, and I don't know if you're familiar with the actress who plays his girlfriend Jennifer Morrison. I would like to be familiar with the actress that plays his girlfriend, familiar uh, Jennifer Morrison. Yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> If you've ever seen her act, you wouldn't be saying that. <laughs> she's really bad. Oh, she's in uh, Once Upon a Time. No, I'm out. That's, that's what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, Once Upon a Time, there are there are some good actors in Once Upon a Time. They're all the supporting actors. The leads and in that Emily show. And Emily Raven. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, terrible actress. I usually hate her and everything. I didn't hate her in this movie. She had a couple of funny moments. Uh, but uh, he wants to go to Fiji with her for... Um, Christmas. This almost reminded me of the Mr. Bean thing where he's like, I got a oh, present for you here. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. She was in How I Met Your Mother. I knew I knew her from somewhere. She was in How I Met I know who she is now. Yep, okay. Lucky girl. Yep. <laughs> Career <laughs> only went downhill after that. Uh, <laughs> but um, it, it's weird they're doing the Mr. Bean thing here, like in Mr. Bean, uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Bean, where he presents the the gift to his fiance and she's looking at it. It's clearly not a ring. You know Ben Affleck's girlfriend here thinks this is supposed to be a ring, but she doesn't sell that when he hands her an envelope, it's she's still like, oh, oh, this is it, this is it. But it's like it's an envelope. And Mr. Bean at least had the common sense to be like, uh, I know this isn't a ring. And then they do the switch where he presents her the ring box and it's only got the hook in there. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's just tickets to Fiji. He wants to spend Christmas in Fiji. She wants to spend it with family. She says, you know, I've never met your family before. Do you even have a family? Uh, I'm leaving you because you don't want me to meet your family. And uh, she's gone. So he's trying to find it. He's calling everybody in his phone book uh, to uh, get somebody to spend Christmas with them. There's a couple of slightly funny moments here. Not enough to really make me laugh out loud. I think that there's problems where it has the Pluto Nash syndrome here. It was like, just be funnier, you know? <laughs> a lot of these phone calls, that's the way I was feeling where he's like, uh, oh, okay. Well, does your wife have to come spend Christmas with us? Uh, and he's like, oh, well, does it matter you have a baby? I mean, they just lie there and crap themselves. I mean, how much work is that really going to be? Uh, but um, the the Doug the Doug one was the one that got me a laugh though. It's like Dougie Dougie Dougray. <laughs> every name in the book. A lot of enthusiasm, at least from Ben Affleck here. Uh, he he ends up finding a psychiatrist that we didn't know existed. So I'm going to assume this either was a last minute script edition and they didn't decide to explain anything, or there's deleted scenes. I mean, he does mention, oh yeah, uh, I your my girlfriend is one of your patients. But like maybe a scene to explain why you're stalking this random therapist or how you got his name or how you knew he was at the airport leaving yep. with his family is just kind of weird. Uh, now, the hardest I laughed in this entire movie is in this scene, though. I mean, the therapist basically says, I want you to go to a place. I want you to write down all your grievances towards your family, why you don't want to spend Christmas with them, whatever, and then burn it and then be on your way. He's trying to just leave. His daughter is tr trying to not let go of her bear as they're scanning it through the thing. And it's, it's not a bear. It's a puppy. Uh, but they need to... I've encountered this so many times with Casper. I remember we went to a comic con once when Casper was a baby, we took him with us and he took to having never seen star Wars, Luke's land speeder from star Wars. It was just somebody selling it on tables used. It was like five bucks or whatever. 
I didn't have cash on me. I was going to get it from Jamie. Casper would not let go of it. So the guy is grabbing one end of it. Casper is like, not even a year old has the other end. He's not letting go. The guy's like playing tug of war with this kid. And eventually says, you know what? Just come back with the five bucks. I trust you. <laughs> I'm not even giving this up. Um, but the, the part that genuinely made me laugh here was uh, right after Steven Root finally tells him what to do. And they just cut to a shot of the x-ray machine. And you see the skeleton of a girl squirming through there. <laughs> like it was such a great visual gag that I never would have expected. Like I burst out laughing. Probably the last time I actually laughed audibly in this entire movie. But that one moment was worth it for me. Um, uh, he ends up going, I I'm very unclear as well, whether he flew here because he was at the airport or took a cab one way or the other, I'm going to uh, call a little bit of an issue with this movie once uh, they set up where he grew up in all this and some of the stuff that happens later on. Uh, but he, let's just say he cabs here because it was a $70 cab fare. So it is a fair drive. Uh, that's going to be important later on. He goes on the steps of this house. James Gandolfini, Catherine O'Hara, they're inside. Their son's upstairs playing the computer. Playing, playing. on the computer. So that's called porn, column when you're a teenager and you have a computer porn. in your room. <laughs> Is that educational? Right, right what is now, that? Colin. Google porn. See what comes up. With. Uh, personal <laughs> computer? Work computer? Which one? Work computer. Work computer. <laughs> I'll be fired by the end of the day. <laughs> uh, um, anyways, so they're at home. Maybe, I'm very confused at this part of the movie, and maybe it was their intention, but I'm assuming this is his home. Because he even says to the cab driver, this is my family home. This is where I grew up. And James Gandolfini is like, some guy is out on our lawn. And then he starts burning this thing. So James Gandolfini hits him with a shovel. Uh, obviously, you're going to find out that he has no idea. These are just the people that moved into his childhood home. Uh, ben Affleck sort of describes his situation here. He says, why don't I spend Christmas with you? They slow throw him out of the house. Uh, they want no part of it. Uh, eventually, he comes back and says, I'll pay you $250,000. Uh, they, they do give him a tour of the house. Catherine O'Hara is nice. She gives him a tour of the house. I like when he's on the squeaky stair. It's like, you know what we used to call the squeaky stair? The squeaky, squeaky stair. stair. <laughs> um, but uh, well, after they throw him out, he comes back to the door and says, I'll pay you $250,000 if you will let me be your son for Christmas. Because he just wants to experience, you know, one Christmas at home. Uh, they agree to it because money's involved. Uh, I, I, James Gandolfini had a good reaction there too, where he's like, you know, get off my property. I was like, I'll pay you $250,000. Welcome home, son. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Catherine O'Hara had an even better reaction when, uh, you know, he's showing around the house again. I thought you got rid of this guy. He says he's going to pay us $250,000. And she says something along the lines of, uh, I think this was when the lawyer was there drawing up the papers. That was a nice touch. They had a lawyer draw up a contract for this uh, where she says, I've been faking it for 20 years. You know, I'm going to have no problem getting through the Christmas season. <laughs> That's what Jamie uh, says to you every Christmas as well. That's what I say to Jamie every Christmas. Oh, true. That's the way around. Sorry. You've been faking it. Jamie doesn't fake anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you'll hear her right now upstairs. It's all authentic. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely hearing her upstairs with her, one of her boyfriends that she knows. Oh, Colin's recording. Come over. For two hours. We we didn't put the 60-minute rule on this one, so she, she's got a little bit longer there. Uh, she's getting about four in. She's, she's, she's a busy woman. <laughs> All right, so my three always popping here. up downstairs. <laughs> daddy, Daddy. Downstairs. <laughs> There's strange noises coming from your room. <laughs> Just let your mother be. <laughs> uh, I, a really weird line that I almost wanted to laugh at, but I don't feel like the joke is delivered as best it could be when the son is seeing uh, the Ben Affleck's there and uh, they're saying, oh, he's going to take your room or whatever. You'll sleep in the guest room. 
and he says something about uh you know you want some creepy guy to sleep in my room there's there's guys on the internet who send try to send me bus tickets every day like i i i get where they're going with that but he's basically not, implying that there are old creepy pedophile pedophiles. men who want to buy him a bus ticket so they can have sex yeah. with him Yes. Yeah, which I'm not even I'm not even offended by. It was just it was a really weird joke in the middle of this movie. I, I know you funny. would. <laughs> Ben's like, I'm, I'm like, one of those guys. <laughs> that's not how it works. Send them a plane ticket. They get there much faster. <laughs> but then there's passports and all that. That's complicated. Well, things. that's why you don't go foreign, Colin. Just keep it local. Yeah. That Domestic way. only. Okay. Domestic only. Come on. <laughs> um. Ben Affleck ends up sleeping in his own room or his old room or whatever. At this point, again, I'm still assuming, you know, this movie's going to explain a lot of the stuff. Like, where is his family? Sorry, that's not really going to happen very well in this movie. They kind of are going to. Uh, The next morning he wakes up, he tries to ride backwards on the banister. This one kind of gave me a chuckle when the banister just immediately collapses. (laughs) It's one of those, like, happens so quickly it's not just like oh here's a cheap visual gag of somebody banging their head on something the whole thing collapses and he's flat on the floor uh i I did kind of like that james gandolfini just duct tapes it back back up first thing he wants to do is go christmas tree shopping with them uh he wants his dad to sing oh christmas tree uh when they're in the car then james gandolfini his fake dad uh which he refuses to do and then he says he's paying whatever so he starts singing oh christmas tree um, I think that's when they're decorating the tree. Yeah. Yeah. No, he wears a hat anyway, in the car. The hat yeah. is what he had to argue with him on the the, the car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we're gonna reach, uh, I guess, the uh, the plot twist in this movie here as they're decorating the Christmas tree, and uh, somebody shows up the door. It's Christina Applegate. She's their daughter. Uh, who, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, I'm not saying anything against her, but she's old enough to be her brother's mom. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> And James Gandolfini, in reality, was almost the same age as her. So <laughs> I don't know if I buy her as the daughter here, but still, she's the daughter. Ben Affleck's upset because he never had a sister. We're going to find out later on he should be upset that he never had a brother as well or a dad, but that yep. doesn't seem to bother him. Uh, he's saying she should just play along and be the maid. Uh, they, Catherine O'Hara is kind of playing along with this. Oh, maybe she could be like, you know, a foreign relative or something. Like, she could be the maid. Uh, I like when the family's kind of getting it. The moments where the family's getting into this, most of the time they're just sort of scratching their heads. Like, do we have to do this? Yes, we're getting paid for it. Uh, and the, the one really funny line here is, is you have a daughter? Is it? Yes. I'm her terrible secret. <laughs> <laughs> So Christine Applegate gets a couple of funny lines in this, but I mean, she's also kind of just an unlikable character at times too. Uh, and uh, yeah, let's just cap it there as she gets introduced in the movie, which is going to kind of uh, set the plot twist on what's going to happen with this. Is he going to be at war with her the entire movie? Is he going to make out with his own sister? Only time will tell, but probably all of the above. The thing is you said so much stuff there, but this is only literally like 25 minutes of the movie. Um, and like this movie is so quick in the opening moments. And this is where like, I have the problem with it because like basically by the time we go from the beginning to Ben Affleck, basically buying his way to this family, it's 10 minutes. And like, I feel like you've yeah. got no time to breathe and get yourself like into what the premise is of this movie. And like, you talk about arriving at the airport with a the therapist. That's just so random. It's just like, boom, <laughs> hi. Like you're the therapist who sees my girlfriend. It's like, what, where did this come from? Um, the advertising thing, like, I took that as they hate the idea of eggnog, but next minute they're like, oh, no, we love it. 
Um, and like, I didn't know which direction they were going with. And it's kind of like, as you said, then he's presenting like his girlfriend with trips to Fiji. Like, so he's meant to be this super rich guy who apparently is getting rich off eggnog. Like, <laughs> I- I'm sorry, Scott Calvin sold the do it all for your dolly, which looked probably more um, successful than this eggnog. And he's poor. Well, and the the eggnog thing really did bother me too because, again, I'm a big fan of Mad Men. I just started rewatching it too, and they'll use major clients, like real companies, on that show. So you have the tie to oh, I understand American Airlines would be a big deal or whatever. Uh, But even if they didn't, I think your average person knows what a big paying client's going to be. It's not going to be eggnog. Again, they sell it once a year, (laughs) and this is fat free. Who wants fat free eggnog? Who's like the biggest milk company in America? I don't know. McDonald's. Sure. Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> McDonald's, like, the milk company? Like, you're right. Like, I mean, is, are people frothing at the bit to buy eggnog in June? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> Mallory might be. She likes eggnog. But I, outside of that, I don't know. Um, one thing also, too, that I don't get. Well, like, like again, they're trying something and I, I sort of see what they're trying to do. But like in the opening credits here where you've kind of got like, oh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Like, oh, yay, Christmas. We love this time of year. But then you kind of intersect it with random people who are putting their heads in the oven and making sad yeah. things and throwing their entire wallets away. And that guy wrapping a present. That's me wrapping presents, by the way. That's how I wrap my <laughs> presents. <laughs> like, I just like... I get it. They're trying to show that like, oh, people get depressed at this time of year, but you kind of like, it's this weird balancing act where you're meant to believe that James Gandolfini and Catherine O'Hara are so depressed. Right. And yet that Ben Affleck should be depressed because he doesn't have a family yet. He's going to be Mr. I'm stoned on life and eggnog. Like it just, (laughs) I see what they're trying to do, but it's not executed well enough for me to like see it at the same time. You know, it's kind of, like you mentioned Christmas with the Cranks. It's been a couple of years since we did that. And I've only ever seen it that one time. I don't remember it as well as you do, but I definitely see some similarities. And like, that was so well executed, like in terms of like this Christmas, mm-hmm. this family wants to cancel Christmas. And like, you have random slapstick comedy in that. Whereas here, it's kind of just random out of like, Oh, okay. He fell off the stairs. Ah, funny. Um, but this, this is my, I think this is the worst part of the movie to me is the opening, like just the setup for everything. Cause it is so rushed. It, and this is where I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, this movie's going to be horrible. I'm already thinking it's horrible right now. Um, but having said that, what I love about Ben Affleck is just, yeah, he's probably stoned off his tits and drunk off his nuts. But, like, he's got a way of delivering some of these lines, which is just so funny. Like, I love this, like, yeah, on the phone, he's like, Dougie, Doug man, Doug, Doug, Doug. <laughs> and he's like, it's a baby. You can just leave it there. Probably the one bit that I laugh the hardest in this movie is when he gives her the ticket to Fiji and she's all like, where is this relationship going? And he's like, to Fiji. Yeah. First class. Fiji. <laughs> Just he says that. I, I have to say, like, we always find our episodes where we've got, like, the villain who we actually sympathize with. I'm saying it right now. Mine in this movie is the girlfriend. She does nothing wrong. I feel so bad for her. Like, right here, she's basically wanting more from her boyfriend who is so materialistic. It's like, hey, let's go to Fiji. Let's do this. And she's like, "Uh, no, Christmas is for family. I want to meet your family. Why won't you let me meet your family? Uh. And, like, just going on about that. And then later on, I feel like she has the right to show up because Ben Affleck's kind of a dick and forgets that he has a girlfriend. Like, he's basically doing this to improve his relationship to which he then goes, ah, fuck. And I'm going to cheat in her with Christine Applegate. And I'm telling you now, his girlfriend, much better looking than Christine Applegate. You made the wrong decision, Ben Affleck. I'll agree with you that she's the better choice between the two. Um, but we're going to disagree a little bit on her character because 
you want to talk about superficial. I mean, a trip to Fiji wasn't enough for her, but this bracelet was enough to bring her back. So, uh, but, but don't, think, and, and how does she find the address to the, the house that he doesn't own and that's not his family? Yeah, I get that bit. And like, yeah, the, the, the bracelet bit, but like at the same time with the bracelet, it's still a case of that he ends, she ends up only going there because of the family thing. Right. Like, I feel like it's not like she's like, you know, Oh, like, um, jungle to jungle is like he tim allen's girlfriend and that is all materialistic right and doesn't she come back because he only buys her something like expensive like she it's not like she says i'm coming back to you because i love this bracelet meet me at your apartment oh what you're meeting your family i'm gonna come there like she's only meeting him because he's with the family i think it's kind of an added benefit Mm -hmm. to it so i definitely see the bracelet as a thing because when she storms out it's like uh oh i'm keeping this so like it's meant to paint her as just only caring about possessions but the problem i have with that is if she was only about the possessions she would want the Fiji trip as well. She'd be like, and I'm taking the Fiji trip. Like to me, it's, 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 it's just like the plot of the whole movie. There's something there. There's, they're trying to do something more. They need to make her more materialistic and more evil. I sympathize with her. Yeah, exactly. No, I'll agree with you on that. It's like the thing we went through with the Grinch, you know, they wanted the Grinch to be a villain, but then they made everybody else so unlikable unintentionally that the Grinch is the hero. And I think too, just with like everything in this opening bit, like as I said, because it takes 10 minutes, like even here when she's all like, oh, I've never met your family, like make up an excuse, make up a lie. Like I feel like if he kind of leads on and tells like a big story about his family and not just pull it out of nowhere where he's just like, oh, my dad died and my mum this and that. Like, cause like the whole time I'm wondering, yeah, where is his family? Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like if you kind of pass this off as a joke or something like that, you know, like there needs to be something there. So there's that. And also can I just point out the font of the uh, credits at the beginning? Have they just used like comic sans? Like, I mean, it's like, it's the <laughs> yeah, it was childish, distracting, wasn't it? Like early nineties MS paint style font. <laughs> um, like this is a Hollywood blockbuster, isn't it? And they've just copied and pasted it last minute from MS word 95. Um, <laughs> The other, the other funny bit I did like is like when he sits down on the couch and he turns on the TV with like a fire on it and with his eggnog <laughs> and he's like, Merry Christmas and the thing just collapses. The TV in table, yeah. And he's just got this look on his face like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I assumed it was just a taxi. Like I, did, I never got an idea that he caught a plane somewhere because he says later on that he's in Illinois. Chicago is a big city. Um, so I just assume it's in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, but this is, this is the thing too. Like, this is the premise of this movie. He like buys a family to spend Christmas with. Okay. It's a good premise with, but like within two seconds, he rocks up to this family's house. He's getting bashed in the head with a shovel. (laughs) And then like, even the way, like I get it. It's funny. Like, I'll give you $250,000. Come on in son. Like if I had somebody say that to me, I'm not going to believe them straight away. I'm going to be like, what? And I'm going to like question it a few times. Like, okay, lawyers, let's prove me that you've got the money. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, have a scene to set up why the lawyers are there later. Yeah, don't believe it straight away. Like, I could literally knock on my neighbor's door right now. I'll give you $250,000. I don't have $250,000. I'm out of a job. I've barely got $250, you know? You know? Most so- people don't realize that that's the only reason Mallory got engaged to him. She's yeah. expecting a $250,000 check at the end of this. Little does she yeah. know. If she's still around somewhere, yeah, I've totally got $250,000. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> but um, it's just kind of like... You know, and like even the setup of like Catherine O'Hara and James Gandolfini being upset, like, you know, this is the whole thing, like, oh, we were going to divorce after the holidays. Like, we get one like 30 second scene of, stop yelling at me, I'm not yelling at yeah. you. Like, it's like there needs to be more to it than that, I feel. 
Um, mm-hmm. I also feel genuinely sorry for the son in this movie. He's 15 <laughs> and he just wants to wank. Like, that's all he wants yeah. to do. He's discovered boobs. We were all there. Well, Colin wasn't. He's going to get to that age <laughs> one day when he discovers what boobs are. But we were all there. We were 15. We just wanted to wank over boobs. And here he is in his room with his dial-up internet, which is super fast in 2004, can I just add. <laughs> And, like, he gets kicked out of his room. There's a plot hole here. Like, why would they send him to the guest room when they clearly know the sister's showing up? Oh, it's because it's a plot Mm -hmm. twist. Here comes Christian Applegate. Like, they're not going to send him. Just send him to the couch straight away. Like, stop the gag of, oh, you're in the guest room. You're on the couch. You're in the garage. Ah, funny. Mm -hmm. Um, But I genuinely feel sorry for this kid because, like, as you said, like, it's kind of like he's the brother that Ben Affleck's never had. He's just a horny teenage boy who later on gets set up with another girl who, let's be honest, I'm sorry, he's going to get a bit rapey with. The only reason why he (laughs) wants to get with that girl is to feel her boobs. And she's too innocent to be doing that. So you're setting that up for a lawsuit later on. Um, But it's just just so quick, 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 boom, boom, boom. Hi, we've bought you. You're a family. And then it's like we get a joke about salami, which happens for like... (laughs) two scenes and that's meant to be a joke. Like, again, I feel they were going somewhere. Like when you've got this zoom in on Jans Gandolfini and he's like looking at the, and putting it in his mouth and like, I, Ben yeah. Affleck's an absolute jerk at this point in this movie. Like there's nothing likable about him at all in the opening, mm-hmm. like 25 minutes of this movie. But again, it's, it, it's like, just do something with this movie. What's going on? Uh, there's problems even with, like you mentioned the, the salami thing. I feel like this movie in this first half hour, maybe in the script, and this was part of the script rewrites, was going the direction of uh, a similar movie with Richard Dreyfuss and Bill Murray called What About Bob? Did you ever see that? I think we've talked ne- about it before. Never seen it, no. We've probably talked about you never seeing it. But that's a movie where, you know, Bill Murray plays a patient of Richard Dreyfuss, a therapist, who tags along on his family vacation and just progressively drives Richard Dreyfuss more and more nuts. Uh, that's what I thought this movie was going to be, especially when you have that salami bit where he's like, no, no, it's it's fine. It's no big deal. And you can tell he's just biting his tongue. And then it just sort of becomes, well, he's there, they're doing it for the money. And then he doesn't seem to bother him at all. Like if you're going to start with Ben Affleck is obnoxious and the plot of this movie is, is this guy going to drive to the point where they can tolerate him for $250,000 for all of Christmas? And then they just drop it. Like this 30 minute mark, it really is the end of one movie and the beginning of another because it yeah. seems to become something completely different from this point on. Yeah, it's it's so weird. And one thing actually too, can I just point out too about um, the, the kid's bedroom? He has Hot Wheels on his wall and Tenacious D. So he's basically yeah. got little kid stuff mixed with... And look, don't get me wrong, I love Tenacious D and I understand they were fairly big in 2003, four. They had tribute, that's where they became a thing. But were Tenacious D ever the band that you had on their wall? Like, I feel like it was just like a... I like them because of that cool song and Jack Black's funny. Like, and yeah, like, again, I'm a, Jack, I'm a Jack Black. I'm a Tenacious D fan. I love Tenacious D. Don't think I ever would have put a poster on my wall of Tenacious D, so, but apparently this kid did. So Well, you had that on their, your top movies list, didn't you? Uh, I did, yeah, I did. But, I, I mean, I'd have the movie poster on my wall, absolutely, but I like I don't know if I'd have a band picture. like mm-hmm. cause it's just Well, that's what know. I'm saying. I mean, you're, you're a fan enough of the movie, but even you're like, no, nobody. Do they make Tenacious D posters? <laughs> Well, apparently they did in this kid's room. Um, One guy. Yeah, he was the one. that They they sold one poster ever, and it was for this movie. Also, Um, funnily enough, on display at the Surviving Christmas Museum in (laughs) Wisconsin. 
Uh, along with some very aged salami, too, by the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> the one that was in Ben Affleck's mouth. They put it in yeah, a little, exactly. barrack, like, little chamber thingy. And funny enough, even though this is the stuff where it's like, oh, it's all going so quickly. The rest of my notes are equal length and there's an hour left in this movie. So we're going to breeze one through. one page of notes. I've literally written one page of notes. Yeah, That's there's not a lot else going on here. There's a snowball fight, which uh, I, I love both of these actors in this. As Ben Affleck wants to take the son outside for a snowball fight, his fake brother. And he just starts pelting him in the face. So James Gandolfi comes out and is like, hey, why don't you have a snowball fight with me? And Ben, this, it's all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm good now. No, no, no. Come on. Throw a snowball at me. Come on. Oh, there you go. And then Ben Affleck comes in and he's like beat red. Everything snow everywhere. Uh, that's what the, the, the last moment where this movie was. Yeah. The obnoxious house guest. Uh, there's uh, the moment where he's um, making a hot or Catherine O'Hara is making a hot chocolate for him. And she, uh, oh, my mom always put marshmallows in it. And she puts, oh, those are big marshmallows, kind of mini ones. She starts hacking it with like a butcher's knife. He hands everybody a I script. I at that. He hands everybody a script. So he wants them to get into character more. Uh, so they're all reading lines from the script. Uh, and uh, Christian Applegate is kind of making fun of it, you know, comparing to like, gee, Beaver, is Wally going to be by later? Uh, and then he even says, you know, oh, yeah, that's why your character has no lines. You know, <laughs> you're, you're the silent part. Uh, the son has one line here again. One of these moments where I feel like this joke should have been a lot funnier and maybe they were just so uncomfortable with delivering like this inappropriate humor where the son reads the line about uh, uh, let you sleep with me like you never did. Or the mother says, let you sleep with me like you never did when you were little. There's yeah, it's some going- weird incestuous undertones in this movie. Yeah, uh, not several even subtle moments. later on. Like I don't know the writers here. Were they Tasmanian? Like I, I, I don't know. Uh, mm. Mike Mitchell has something with his family because like, <laughs> I, like this is like the one be like, okay, ha ha ha. But then later on, when basically it's implied that they're all incestuous, it's like, what is going on? Yeah, and everybody. I mean, you get the gist of it. You understand the joke. Uh, at least I understand the joke. Uh, I'm sure Ben understands it too. I mean, he's from Tasmania. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's it's weird. It's nothing. There's moments where things work and there's moments where you're just like, ah, maybe a different write, writing on that line would have worked. I don't know. Um, then the guest comes in. Duda, grandpa, <laughs> one of the stars of this movie. Uh, only to be topped by the understudy who's going to come later on. So oh, he, hired, he hired an actor to play his grandpa, which is great. Uh, and they say, hey, aren't you guy guy who's playing Scrooge at the, the community theater production of a Christmas Carol? They love their community theater in this family. Like, I'm sorry. Like, they he literally walks in and goes, hey, he looks like the same guy who plays Scrooge in our local community theater production. Like, yeah. who's that into community theater that you <laughs> recognize a guy playing Scrooge? They must have had everybody in town watching the rehearsals all week. That's my assumption. Is that popular? It's the only thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then this family that or hates look at each porn. other. Why are they going to community theater? Because like, it's that or it's that or porn. There's nothing else to do in this town. Porn. Snowball fights are apparently out. Always porn. Like I'm sorry. Like no no disrespect to community theater, but like porn. Always porn. Well, look. What we're going to see with Duda's understudy, I mean, there's some porn going on in that theater community group anyway. Community porn. Like, just live <laughs> yeah. porn on stage at community theater. I'm there. Oh, that's what they do every year except for at Christmas time. Yeah. Uh, that's that's their summer program. <laughs> Victoria loves their community porn. Oh, yeah. ever since you came there, it's Literally. become a staple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyways, Duda it's a, poses another I- issue with this. 
script rewrites are becoming very obvious here that they didn't bother to cover for it because he picks a grandpa because he had a grandpa. Hence the reason why he was upset because he didn't have a sister. Not only did he have a grandpa, he had a grandpa he called Duda, a very specific name. Um, we're going to find out in a little bit that none of these people existed because apparently he was an orphan yeah. or an only child with a single parent. Yet he has all these specifics. Now you could say he's just making that up, but then he wouldn't be making up the fact that he'd never had a sister, which upset him. So problems with the script very evident here. I'm just going to say that. Well, what's that song? Um, it's stuck in my head. Is it um, Camp Town Races? See that song? Do-da, do-da. Do-da, do-da. Oh, do-da. It reminds me of Faulty Towers when Basil's like one money yeah. on the horses and he's like, oh, Camp Town Races. <laughs> oh, do-da. So the whole time I'm watching this movie going, do-da, where's that from? Do-da. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a weird name. I've never heard of it before, but uh, I am going to... Make sure my grandchildren call me Duda uh, <laughs> or Doody or Doodoo or no, whatever they mix it up as it is. Just call me Duda from now Duda? on. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, I'll call you Porn Fiend. You call yes. me Duda. Been waiting for that my entire life. Uh, this is also where we find out that uh, little, let's, let's just call him Little Billy. I don't know what his real Charlie, name is. The, Charlie. 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 Sorry, Charlie. <laughs> so we find out the little Charlie here has to sleep on the cot in the garage. Uh, and we get another plot twist here, something that also probably was not part of the script until they reached. Did they film this thing chronologically? Because everything just stops making sense at the same point in the movie. <laughs> it's very like Tommy Wiseau, The Room, where it's like, are we ever going to explain this? It's like, no, there's nothing to explain. Everybody will get it. Definitely have breast cancer. <laughs> exactly. This is where James Gandolfini definitely had breast cancer. <laughs> You're tearing uh, me little... apart, James Gandolfini. This is where little Charlie was doing drugs. <laughs> Why? Why are you doing drugs? It was supposed to be Ben Affleck's character. That explains why yeah. he was so stoned. Right? But he, he wasn't trying to do drugs. He was on drugs. There's that the one thing. Exactly. Can I just point out? I just I was flicking through the movie here when they get that photo with Santa, and like they yeah. all go into that little carriage. Just the look on Ben Affleck's face. He's got like the biggest <laughs> smiley grin Pure on joy. his face. Like no one should be that happy for being in this movie. Um, yeah, but Ben Affleck. He's a man of his craft. He <laughs> never, like, you know, he just, he's always given his all. And again, I was being honest earlier where I said there are times in this movie where you feel like he's trying too hard. Like he's enjoying himself too much. Yeah. And it's almost annoying to watch. But if you know the circumstance of this movie, you at least have to appreciate he gave it his all. It's similar to like Tim Allen. Like the Christmas of Cranks has its problems. Many of them. Tim Allen has a blast doing it and he tried. He gave it everything. Jamie Lee Curtis gave it everything. No way Jamie Lee Curtis has tried that hard for any movie ever and she was nominated for an Oscar, okay? I'm just, I'm just gonna so, do this just for your screen. I think you can share my screen. Can you see just the look on Ben Affleck's face right there? Yeah, look at him. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and little Charlie there has fallen asleep or he's masturbating the location he's of his hands. He's always masturbating. <laughs> but look at Ben Affleck, he's so happy. <laughs> Like he's absolutely off his tits in happiness. Good for you, Ben. Affleck. And why is why is Christina Applegate having to join in on this? Because she's not getting any of this money. They never said we'll give you fifty thousand of the two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, she hates this idea. There's also, no reason for her to be there. Also, can I ask this question now? Because I'm going to forget later on. Does he actually give them the money? Is that ever explained? He does. He does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he he writes a check to James Gandolfini so, so, okay. later on. So, there, like, like, this is one of those movies where you feel at the end there's going to be that heartwarming message of, you don't need to give us the money because it was all, you you gave us something more yeah, valuable never than happens. money. A family. And, like, that's where I thought this was going. They got the money in the end. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, I sat down because I would have forgotten. 
Yeah, no, no, that that's and I, I I like that they do that because whenever these things happen, I'm always like, you know what? Find a way that you can do both. Can't you have a family and money? <laughs> but then write an ending where he's like, you know what? We're still keeping the money. Oh yeah, you're you're part of the family now, but I still get the money, right? Yes. Like I have a joke. Throw yeah. one last joke in there. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't bother to do that. Um, so this is where we get the plot twist that James Gandolfini and Catherine O'Hara are going to separate and they're just gonna do it after Christmas. Because this family, Christmas is so important to them that they had no decorations up, no plans. And when Ben Affleck introduced the idea plans, this all seems foreign to them. But no, Christmas was too important. We didn't want to separate during the holidays. But but can I just point out where you say no decorations, right? They still have mm-hmm. Christmas lights on their house and on their trees outside. So for a family who's meant to be yeah. all like, bah humbug, fuck Christmas, they've done some work. I, I legitimately well, know people who hate Christmas that they won't even put anything up. Yet they've still put lights on their tree on the outside of their house. If you have the movie up there, I was curious about that because I uh, I noticed the lights after he had made the deal with them, but I didn't bother to go back and check to see if the lights were there in the first place. And I thought, well, maybe Ben Affleck put these up. No, well, I But think... is it there? Like, is it clearly there when he arrives during daytime? Well, that's what I think, like, because um, he gets kicked out at night, doesn't he? Like, he sort of, he's there long enough because he's like, what's for dessert? And they're like, kitchen is closed. Um, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I'm skipping through here that when he does get, like, kicked out, because I think that's when I first noticed it, that the lights are on the house, so... Oh, here, it was nighttime then. Keep, you, you verify that. Keep talking. Um, so, where was I? Do-da, uh, do-da. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, the parents are separating. Uh, it's just thrown at you so randomly, but I was with them. I'm like, okay, now this movie surprised me. It's something different. And Ben Affleck, the crazy guy, who should be getting on their nerves gives them both good advice that you think at the time he's giving it, that this is all going to backfire. And it never really backfires. He gives advice to James Gandolfini where I'm like, oh, when he comes back with that car, which basically says, you know what? Find a way to enjoy yourself. You know, spoil yourself with something. Spoil yourself. Spoil yourself. <laughs> and he comes back with his fancy car. I thought it was going to be a thing where Catherine O'Hara is like, I'm definitely divorcing you now. Like, we need a new furnace. And you're, <laughs> what about the dryer? The dryer, we've been hanging our clothes up in the backyard and it's winter. But no, it's like, oh, I'm okay with this. And he suggests to her, you know, you need to feel sexy. I'm going to pay for you to have a sexy photo shoot with a sexy photographer. And then maybe you'll have sex afterwards. Uh, sex. She comes back feeling great. And James Gandolfini's like all over her. And she's like, ooh, look at that car. I'm all over you too. So they suddenly change this from the movie of where he does everything wrong and he's getting on their nerves to he's doing things right. But Ben Affleck's character hasn't changed. We're not getting a different side to his character. He still comes across like this, this oaf who just came up with this bizarre idea where he wants to have Christmas and then he legitimately has lost his mind. Uh, it's just so many things that clearly were changed last minute that they could have done something to explain. But it's still a nice touch. It's surprising. You don't expect this to become a thing. Oh, he's going to reunite a family. Uh, it just sort of happens and then it breaks apart and happens again. We'll get there in uh, a few minutes here. Not much left to cover. Uh, he starts bonding with uh, Christina Applegate here. Um, uh, through the tobogganing process, I guess. Don't you love those mountains in Illinois that they're oh. tobogganing down? <laughs> when I think of mountainous U.S. states, I think of Illinois. Yeah, exactly. It's like Wyoming. A lot of Wyoming, yeah. yeah. So mountainous. Uh, there's Utah, yeah. there's Colorado, you know, there's... Manitoba. Manitoba, that famous <laughs> All U.S. Our mountains state. Here. Uh, 
that famous US state of Manitoba, um, BC, uh, while we're in the US and US states. <laughs> yeah, like I am pretty certain that Illinois is on par with Manitoba, and a Manitoba mountain is a snow hill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's what they go down the first time, where it's like, wee! True, true, and it's true like story. Colin currently has the highest mountain in Manitoba right now because of all the snow in his backyard. He got declared. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he called it Mount Colin. Uh, <laughs> Mount Duda. Uh, I'm gonna. Re- I was gonna. I was gonna rename it Mount Duda. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I hear Duda and I just think of like, like you Duda. having sex with Jamie. Like, oh, Jamie, touch my Duda. Like, I just feel like you would call it something else. <laughs> who who's who who's in Dudas? <laughs> Dudas and hoodoos and deedies. <laughs> Uh, but uh, the moment where he just suddenly moves in to kiss her and she sneezes in his face, mm. uh, weird way to introduce a romantic subplot that didn't exist prior to this. I think that's just the plot of this movie. That's like, like that's how you should feel <laughs> about this movie. Like, just as something good's about to happen, you're like, oh, yep, they're finally yeah. getting it IBS. together. There's a sneeze in your face. No, there's just some IB, an IBS bout, you yeah. know? Well, they were going to, funnily enough, they were actually going to film Ben Affleck going into a butt and her shitting all over his face, <laughs> yeah. but they couldn't quite get the rating for that. So they went with the yeah, sneeze exactly. instead. <laughs> uh, it, it spent a year trying to make every edit they had to make it work. Yep. Uh, and eventually they just settled for the sneeze. They yeah. had too much of a teenager jerking off in this movie to fully get the, <laughs> you know, they just had to go with that instead. I, I would have I would have preferred a, a, a shit-covered Ben Affleck face. Let's be honest. Uh, I would be I into mean, that. overall, the incest humor? Who yeah. wouldn't? Who wouldn't be into a bit of scat humor? You know, why not? <laughs> uh, but uh, they have a nice little scene here where she tells a story. This also felt like... Um, uh, what we covered last week, uh, very hallmarky with Jack Frost. Very hallmarky here. She's like, oh, well, here's this nice memory of this frozen tree. So he actually takes her to see this frozen tree and she's all blown away by it. Uh, and then she becomes very unlikable all of a sudden because he goes to great lengths as over the top as it is to have this frozen tree and then a choir coming in to sing and a live nativity scene and Oompa Loompas dancing, I think, with candy canes or something. <laughs> and she freaks out at him because he just went too far. It's like, you ruined a nice memory with all this extra stuff. He spent a lot of money and put a lot of time. Like, isn't it the thought that counts, Christine Applegate? Exactly, Christine Applegate. Just because you're creating, yeah, you take off much after you did Married with Children and Jesse failed. Like, just, just deal with it. Accept it. Yeah. They're not calling you for don't tell the mom the babysitter's dead reboot, okay? <laughs> You're lucky to be in a 2004 Ben Affleck movie, so stop! And I like you, Christina Applegate, but just just accept it. This is as best as you can get in 2000. You're in a Ben Affleck movie, <laughs> the biggest movie star in yeah. the world at that point. And you're going to say You're- no? You're not only in a Ben Affleck movie, you were in the movie he signed on to after Jiggly came out, yes. okay? This was this was the first thing he signed on to. This was the best that he had going for him. And and like And obviously him, the best she had going him for him. Him and Jennifer Lopez aren't together anymore at this point. You could have been in, but he went to a different Jennifer and <laughs> got with her and said, You could have been his baby mama for the next fifteen years. But no, you had to be you know, all ungrateful. You could have been peppermint. Yes. <laughs> Imagine if you'd been in Peppermint. <laughs> you could have been something else, Christina. Do, doing farming videos on Instagram with a million followers. Did you ever watch Jesse in the late 90s? That was in that, like, up there with I Veronica. tried that. Veronica's I was going to say, that was, was that the one that had Charlie from the Santa Claus as her kid? 
Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, and see, that's had, what um, I remembered about it. Bruno Campos from Nip Tuck. He was in it too. He was the love interest next door. Because like that, like we talked last week about how all these Christmas movies blended. There was those four mm-hmm. sitcoms that I all watched. Carolina in the City. And yeah, Carolina in the They're all led by like kind of like 80s sort of stars, right? You had yeah. Caroline in the City with uh, Leah Thompson. You had uh, Jesse with Christina Applegate. Suddenly Susan with Brooke um, uh, Shields. Shields. And Veronica's Closet with Kirstie Alley. I actually loved mm-hmm. all of them randomly. I really enjoyed all of them. <laughs> um, and, I mean, Veronica's Closet, let's be honest, that was the best out of all of them because that was funny. Oh. Come on. Carol, I would have got, like, to be honest, of all three of those, or all four of those shows, the only one that I think I ever bothered to watch was, uh, like, watch later on was Caroline the City. And I thought that I hated that show in the 90s. And then I rewatched it like a couple of years later when it was in reruns. I'm like, this show wasn't bad. Well, you know, I'd never seen Back to the Future at that point. Because when I saw Back to the Future, I'm like, hey, it's a chick from <laughs> um, Caroline in the City. <laughs> Why was she so old so much earlier in her career? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I, I mean, one of them had Kathy Griffin in it. I think that was Brooke Shields one had Kathy Griffin Oh, in that it. was Suddenly Susan, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Veronica's Closet had the dude from Galaxy Quest in it. Um, the the black dude. He was hilarious in that. Um, but they all had like their quirks and little things to it. Um, I, I think I picked up Caroline in the City for like five bucks from a dollar store in Australia once. They had like both seasons <laughs> on DVD. And I'm like, sweet. Um, so You're yeah. the one. <laughs> I'm the one who bought Caroline in the City on DVD. <laughs> and I would gladly do it still- again. <laughs> That's more copies than Surviving Christmas sold in 2004. And I was going to say, I noticed one thing, Colin, we're going to have our biggest listenership boost ever this year on the Oz Network because they're seeing the word survive and they're thinking we're doing some Survivor episodes. So Surviving Christmas is through the roof. Hello to all our former Survivor Oz listeners. (laughs) Special guest, Billy Garcia. Uh, Billy, what do you think of Surviving Christmas? Oh, we know Billy's listening. He's he's a huge Christina Applegate fan. Loves her. could you tweet Billy Garcia right now and say what are your thoughts on Christina Applegate? Done. All right, <laughs> let's do it. Christmas. Let's do it. I'm gonna. Because I'm gonna then we can use his fame to piggyback listeners of this episode. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, Billy. <laughs> uh, what do you think of Christina Applegate? <laughs> yep. Hopefully he might reply by the end of this episode and then we can... Uh, <laughs> He'll reply by the time I finish this next section we're covering yeah, here. he's got to call in. He's like, you doing a podcast without me? Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. I thought I was supposed to be on the surviving Christmas episode. <laughs> I'm the one who pitched Christina Applegate month. <laughs> you know how Dan Foley's like champing at the bit when we do Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Like Billy's just been hanging on. Like, surviving Christmas. No. <laughs> Hashtag bring back Billy, everyone. Hashtag bring back Billy. And you can get your Bring Back Billy t-shirt over at tpublic.com slash user slash Rosetta. Well, one of the few t-shirts that we actually say we'll do that we've done. Uh, you know what? I, I I finished a Brendan Fraser one for Dudley Do Right and I didn't upload it. Uh, so I got to get that oh on there. Man, I'll, you've only got like I'll 87 get it. more to do. It'll be there in time for your birthday. I promise. Yep. Um, so anyways, Christine Applegate's a horrible person. Uh, <laughs> he's trying so hard. Uh, and then um, we go through a montage of uh, everybody getting along and starting to enjoy all of his Christmas activities here. Uh, Duda comes in and finds the porn on little Charlie's computer. Uh, <laughs> he picks up the mouse and he's like, so how do you work this thing? And he's like trying to click it in the air like it's a phaser or something. Uh, now, th- this caused a lot of confusion because this is the last time we see Duda until they go to the play. So in the next scene, when the understudy comes in, I thought it was because Duda was still upstairs looking at porn because we don't even see Charlie at this point. 
this is the last time we see Charlie and Duda. And then the fiance shows up with her family. And then they say, let's go upstairs to my son's room. I thought they were going to see him and the grandpa up there. Duda's gone. Understudy's there. Like I thought that it was setting up Duda was in the room. Like they don't even clearly edit this movie for the, 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 the locations of the characters. It became mm-hmm. very confusing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the fiance shows up here. She's going to forgive him. Uh, all the time, Duda is up there with Charlie looking up porno sites. They find middle age. What is it? Middle aged woman. Yeah, middle aged. So they're women, Colin, and they're middle aged. No, I know what that part was, nude. but new. But but there was a title to it, like you know, uh, like cougars. Why don't you type uh, it in your computer right now and see what comes up? <laughs> Go on. Uh, uh, that's all right. Uh, Jamie will search the browser history. Um, wait a second. It's already in there. It's Jamie. already in Jamie's search history. What are you talking about? It's your favorite. She knows all the porn websites. Uh, but yeah, so grandpa finds uh, with Charlie that the mom's pictures have ended up on the site. Now, Ben Affleck, a millionaire, I'm guessing, has the ability to pay for a photographer. He can sign a check. And he's not lying. He does sign a check for $350,000 by the end of this movie. And he can't find a photographer who's not going to leak the pictures to a porn site? Well, Like, a lot of... They don't even follow up on this when it happens. They find out. The parents come in. They see this. They're not like, who was this guy you sent me to? And they get angry with him. They just don't mention it again. And then why, like, the thing that I don't understand is because, like, he's all like, I know the, the best glamour photographer in Chicago and he owes me a favor. This is like Sleazy McGee. Um, I saw yeah. like the actor who plays him. He's in um, one of the Ace Ventura movies. Um, I recognize him, yeah. But but he basically, like, she gets all, like, I don't even know what you call that. It looks like 80s prostitute style. I mean, you're yeah. listening to Cherry Pie <laughs> by Warrant, so that's kind of what you're going to do. And then, like... So at some point in this in this photo shoot, she's all like sexy lollipop, and he's gone take your pants off and put your knees behind your head, mm-hmm. and like like that's where I find it weird, like that they go from one end to that scale, like it's like well where did this come from? And the pictures never come into play in this movie either. Like what's the point of a photo shoot? She doesn't come home with the pictures and show it to James Gandolfini. Yeah, she just shows up all made up, yeah. having confidence from doing a photo shoot, like. This photo shoot thing is not explained in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, along with a lot of other things we're discovering. Oh, oh hang on, breaking uh, news. Billy has liked my tweet. <laughs> he hasn't replied, <laughs> but he's liked it. <laughs> so we're going to take that as a glowing recommendation. Yep. All right. Hopefully he might. Maybe he's just in the process of typing right now, but he has liked my tweet. <laughs> Um, we're going to do a revisit of Surviving Christmas next year just with Billy yep. so we can get his take on if Christina Applegate really is the worst person in this movie. <laughs> uh, but the fiance's whole plot here is that she's honored that this present came that he had given her this bracelet. I forgot about and this. When she gets this bracelet, I completely, like, I was scratching my head. Yeah. And like, oh, the secretary. I get it. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, many things not clear in this movie. Uh, but now she wants to, you know, spend Christmas with him and his family. So she shows up at the house that she shouldn't know exists with the family that is not actually related to him, that nobody other than his lawyer knows about. And there's nothing to explain why her and her family are outside the door. Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with this movie? <laughs> I, yeah, I like, I mean, I, I totally, it doesn't make any sense because, you know, he, he, like, unless the secretary knew, like, again, put a scene in there where the secretary explains, like, yeah. show her giving the, the gift and then she's all like oh and he's gone to see i his need family. to know yeah. yeah like that that's all you need like like we talked about this last week didn't we in jack frost and i think even in the grinch mm-hmm. like you just need one scene that's all you need 
Um, but I mean, again, like I, I, I still feel that like, this is where I'm on the girlfriend's side because again, she's all happy that seeing the family and like, let's go and see that. Cause again, Ben Affleck has not split up with this girl. The whole point of him going to get a family to spend at Christmas is so he can impress the girlfriend. So Ben Affleck yeah. kind of a dick cause he's now cheating on the girlfriend with well, Christine Applegate and she's Christine Applegate's even more of a horrible person than the girlfriend. So, you know. But like I, I took I took this more as he's realizing how lonely he is and he's trying to find a family, which is why he went to the therapist. But gotta say, Billy replied with something. He did. Sorry, I'm just I'm looking at this. <laughs> Wait, is it a picture? He's replied with a gif. Um, he's replied with <laughs> Kelly Bundy rules to a picture uh, gif of Christina Applegate looking very good in tight pink spandex, jumping up and down with her cleavage <laughs> wobbling. So uh, that's where Billy Garcia is a fan. Uh, I'm going to say, awesome. Hashtag bring back Billy. (laughs) You can pick up your bring back Billy t-shirts. Bring back Billy. There we go. Sweet. Um, We told you he'd reply by the end of this episode. Yeah, and he did reply by the end of... This section that I was covering too. It's actually a very nice gif. Can I just say, I keep watching this. It's very alluring. Uh, (laughs) I'm trying to find a surviving Christmas one to reply to him with, but they don't appear to exist. (laughs) I wonder why. I may have tweeted, um, there's two types of happy. You did, yeah. Happy and Ben Affleck and surviving Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that picture is our favorite picture of the year. (laughs) <laughs> just make our graphics that. Forget about the whole, you just use the poster <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the fiance showing up here, it poses a lot of questionable things, but it creates one really funny scene in this movie uh, before they go up and see, you know, the the porn on the computer <laughs> where they're they're all talking and socializing. And then you're, you have that reveal of they're showing the living room and none of the pictures have Ben Affleck in it. So you're immediately thinking, Oh no, they're going to know this is going to become the new intriguing plot of the movie. Can they keep the secrets? Like the first bad boys where Martin Lawrence is posing as Will Smith, but he has to show this girl around his apartment and all the pictures are of Will Smith and not him. Uh, Things like that would have made for an intriguing movie. We don't end up getting that, but we do get two very great moments. One where, uh, they say there's no pictures of uh, Drew here. Catherine Hare picks up a picture, which they don't show of a baby. And, oh, look, he's so cute. It's like, wait a second. There's no dong in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> and we know Ben Affleck's got a big dong. So this proves it. Which well. he says. Yeah. He's like, yeah, it's just, it was so abnormally long. The mom had to tuck it back there. And she goes, no, it was just so tiny. You can't see it in the picture. Uh, I, I a lot should, of dong but, talk. But that's where the girlfriend should be like, oh, yes, that's true. He does have a massive large dong. Like she's just kind of like, yeah. sort of like oh, ha. Yeah, well, that's how you know they have not slept together. Yeah. Ben exactly. Affleck is a virgin in this movie. Well, and let's be honest. If you're with Ben Affleck, you're trying hard to sleep with him. Like, you know, it's Ben Affleck. Yeah. I'm, I mean, Jennifer Garner's still trying and they're divorced. Yeah, exactly. Just like um, Kelly <laughs> Preston's still trying to sleep with... Oh, wait, she's dead. <laughs> I'm sure if you said Billy Garcia right now, how big do you think Ben Affleck's dog is? <laughs> what do you have to do? Do you do want me to tweet Billy Garcia? <laughs> No, we should leave it at this. Okay. Right. Before, he, before he unfollows you. Also, also, can I just point out, two movies in a row that we've done with like two of the main stars who are dead. 
um, that James Gandolfini and Kelly Preston sadly oh, no longer with yeah. us. So and James Gandolfini, like, well, they both died very young, but like, and the guy in the yeah. Grinch is dead. The one who was in Passions, the um, the the one who was the playing, kid, yeah. So young who's Grinch. in Elf is dead. Who have we killed off oh. in Elf next week? Not uh, um, not what's her name, Mary Steinberger. No, Mary, don't go towards the light. <laughs> I like you. <laughs> We shouldn't have mentioned anything. We still have a couple of days. Oh no, shit! I've just killed Mary Steinberg. <laughs> let's just let's just wait to air this episode until you could cut out any incriminating comments if anything happens between now and then. Yep. Uh, but the other part, which uh, I, I should say, there were two parts in this movie that actually made me crack up. There was the skeleton squirming through the X-ray machine, uh, and the moment where James Gandolfini answers the door and it's like, ah, uh, it was just Duda. Well. Dad, we're not in the habit of leaving dude outside. Let him in. And he's like, ah, you sure you want me to do that? <laughs> yeah. They open the door. A black dude walks in the door. Very enthusiastic. Now, this guy is talking about great expression. This guy walking in. His enthusiasm. Hey, everybody. <laughs> not even thinking that there's going to be anything weird about your grandpa suddenly black. <laughs> it was like, I, one thing I'll say, I could see that coming from a million miles away. Like when he closed the door and was like, oh, he's here. I'm like, okay, he's totally coming oh, in I black, isn't it. he? But like, it is, it is actually quite funny. And this guy's just like a massive perv. He's like trying to crack onto the wife. <laughs> But again, they don't mention this. Like, drag this joke out. The in-laws don't even seem phased by it. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> like, you know there's a joke there. You set this up as a joke. You had a hilarious reveal. Yep. Have a few moments where they're kind of looking at him and say, so you, like, adopted grandpa or something? Like, just have them mention something. Uh, even at the end when they storm out of the house, mention it, you know? But they didn't want to be racist in 2004, I guess. <laughs> Black men can have white children. Yeah, we know they, it. Who are they? Ben Waterworth doesn't know what interracial love is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that that might make our best of all time. <laughs> that clip. <laughs> Just, I'm not saying anything. It was Noah. Noah said. Also, speaking of Noah, can't get a date racist. This is uh, what else? Oh, yeah, exactly. Second last episode of the year, so we better get that in. Well, third last episode if we see Wonder Woman before the end of the year. Did I just realize that Wonder Woman's actually coming out on Christmas Day here and I'm annoyed? Like, we're an international market in Canada. Why are we lumped in with those people down south? Yeah, and why is there still no announcement if we're going to get it streaming? Yeah. Because uh, like, we don't have HBO Max. We have. No, you Craig. have to go see in the theater. We just closed every theater in Canada. Yeah. Wait. Screw you. Canada, what? Um, <laughs> I don't know who I'm blaming. Warner here. Brothers. Warner Brothers. Yeah, weirdos. Um, <laughs> finishing up the movie here. Uh, Black Dude off <laughs> character in it. Basically, having Catherine O'Hara do a lap dance on him. Now, again, this doesn't become a part of the movie where she's suddenly flirting with another guy. Make that pot tie that into the James Gandolfini. We're gonna separate plot. Mm-hmm. No mention of it whatsoever. Uh, they only mentioned one more time while the parents separating is Ben Affleck breaking the news to the daughter who didn't know and doesn't seem to care and doesn't even mention it later on. Um, the, uh, the, the, the scene where Christina Applegate decides she wants to play along with this, even though she knows this is his fiance now after he was making out with her in the kitchen, <laughs> almost caught yep. uh, where she's coming out and messing, um, messing with him or messing with, Messing with him by telling stories to the fiance or whatever. Says, oh, you, you, you're just the way he described you. She's not fat, though. You said she was fat. Like, that part I kind of liked. Uh, again, a joke that's just there, and they could have gone a lot further with it. Uh, they all go up to uh, little Charlie's room, see mom on the computer, him basically frozen in space, not able to do anything. 
then he throws the computer. I always love when this happens in movies. He throws the computer down to the, the main floor, from the second floor to the main floor, and a shower of sparks yes. and electricity for something that's been unplugged for yeah. who knows how long. <laughs> yeah. It's like a car exploding every time it crashes into something, like those exploding Yeah, exactly. Cars. Yeah. Yeah, this is the exploding computers that are receiving no power whatsoever. Uh, and everything kind of falls apart here where Ben Affleck and Christina Applegate start arguing with each other, which ends in him actually saying, you know, uh, you weren't acting like this when you were making out with me in the kitchen. And they're just like, they're very loving siblings trying to play up on it. That's Ferris um, Bueller, right? Like that's, um, you know, when he's making which, out with Sloane. Well, and then um, the principal's like, ah, so that's how it is in that family. Like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we thought it was the dad. No, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, they weren't siblings in that. Did you have Did a kiss with dad? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we know that he did much worse things. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Rooney. Are you talking about the principal or are you talking about Matthew Brunswick? Yeah, no, Rooney. Oh, well, yeah, he, he, like in real life, right? Is um, he still in jail? I, I don't know if he's still in jail. I think he 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 served a couple of years. I looked it up recently because I was telling Jamie about it. But yeah. uh, no, he's out now. He's a dirty pedo if anybody's wondering what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rooney and Ferris Bueller. Like, got, I don't know if he actually got caught with a kid or like he just got caught with kitty porn. But like, this isn't this isn't Larry the Cable Guy all over again. No, no this is legit. <laughs> like, I'm not getting my '80s principles wrong. Like, this is legitimately true. Like, he got yeah. done for like child pornography or um, f- kitty fiddling. I don't know. Yeah, uh, but he's out now and on the loose. Should so we ask lock it? up Billy your kids. Garcia. What do you think? Of- <laughs> Rooney in <laughs> getting done for kitty feeling. <laughs> That'll be our 2021 segment. Yeah, well, let's ask Billy. Billy, we can, we can re- next year's T-shirt will be the exact same thing, just with hashtag Ask Billy. Yeah, hashtag Ask Billy. This week on Ask Billy, Billy, what do you think I should do in the following situation? My girlfriend caught me cheating. <laughs> We can seriously talk him into this. We could do blind ask Billy questions and yep. just fit it into our episode. He was... Listeners. No, sorry. Keep going. I am listening, but I just, I was, I was just going to say, Jeffrey listener, if, if anybody out there, it's not going to matter by the time you hear this, because we probably, by the time you hear this, we probably would have already recorded Elf. But if, if you have any questions you'd like us to ask Billy Garcia about Elf, yep. we will ask him in a future episode. Hashtag. Ask Billy, tag the Oz Network. And, may, and maybe we'll get a surprise cameo from Billy Garcia playing Will Ferrell in Elf. Yes. <laughs> so, so just quickly, Jeffrey Jones is his name, was arrested for possession of child pornography and accused by a 17-year-old boy of solicitation to pose nude for nude photographs. Uh, he pleaded no oh, contest. Driving Christmas. Yeah, his punishment was five years probation and a requirement to register as a sex offender. As of 2020, Jones was still listed on the U.S. Department of Justice National Sex <laughs> Offender Database. Um, so basically, uh, he's still been acting though. Like he was recently in a 2019 Deadwood the movie. Who hires a guy like that? Um, Is this good? Wait a second. They shelved a movie for a year because Ben Affleck made Jiggly and Jeffrey Jones is still getting roles. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones did not act between 2007. He starred in Who's Your Caddy, followed by 10.0 Earthquake and Seven Days. And then he was in uh, Deadwood. Then he had a massive gap until Hemingway and Gellhorn and then Deadwood the movie. So, okay, we talk about Kevin Spacey getting blacklisted, right? Okay, like... 
whether or not it's true or not what Kevin Spacey did, blacklisted, no one will touch him with a temper, two-time Academy Award winner Kevin Spacey, and yet Jeffrey Jones, the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, <laughs> basically got had kiddie porn and asked a 17-year-old to get naked, was found guilty of charges, <laughs> admitted he did it, he's on the National Sex Offender <laughs> Register, but ah, Deadwood the movie needs him. Uh, I you need and to do I can get Kevin here. Spacey for Kill Phil 3 at this point. <laughs> I need to account here. In the last seven years, Jeffrey Jones has had as many acting roles as Ben Affleck had between Surviving Christmas and Argo. This is wrong. <laughs> and Ben Affleck has never been accused of kitty fiddling. So yeah, come exactly. On. And he's got an enormous dong. Okay. Oh, Jesus Christ! Like the dong on that man. Like kids accidentally fiddle it. Like because he's walking down the street and it's so big. <laughs> That, like, he w- turns a corner, it hits, like, five kids in the face because it's just so big. Ben Affleck doesn't mean to, and, like, it just happens, and he still hasn't been done for it. So, Jesus. You know, Ben Affleck's dong arrived in the suburbs here before the t- cab driver could drive there. Yeah. Ben like, Affleck, that's how enormous his dong ben is. Ben Affleck's dong got coronavirus in 2017. That's how big it is. <laughs> like, it was in the future. <laughs> You you want to know how the Christmas lights got up in the house? Ben Affleck's dong decorated it before the cab got there. Exactly. Ben Affleck's dong has landed on Mars. Like, it's so far <laughs> into the future. Like, it's just, it's there already. Like, it's just... It's- uh, you know what? We're recording this episode, I don't know, a week ahead of time. Ben Affleck's dong has heard this episode already. Ben Affleck's dong has recorded the follow-ups to this episode, like, years in advance. I noticed how Jamie's in the room now that we're talking about Ben Affleck's dong. She's hearing me talk about Ben Affleck's dong. She's staring at me. She she left the kids upstairs. She knows about Ben Affleck's dong. She's as fast as Ben Affleck's dong is. Look at this. Jamie, do you have something to say on Ben Affleck's dong? I'm a fan after watching Superman. Okay. Batman? The the only the only person faster than Ben Affleck's dong is Britney Spears. Like, let's be honest. Like, she, like Ben Affleck's dong did the hundred meters in four point five seconds. Ben, ben Affleck's dong counted to infinity twice. <laughs> ben Affleck's dong ben Aff- beat the sun in a staring contest. Ben Affleck's dong threw a grenade and killed fifty people. Then it exploded. I'm just reading Chuck Norris facts and changing it to Ben Affleck's dong. It's great. Ben um, Affleck's dong's gonna get a job before Ben Waterworth. <laughs> That's not that hard. Ben Hold Affleck. On, Jamie, are you trying to add this on the episode? Okay. You you give a Ben Affleck dong. I'll find out what Jamie wants. Oh, this is funny though. I want you to hear this. All right. I'll just, I'll, I'll just stall right now and think of Ben Affleck's dong for a moment. Um, he's, Colin's talking to Jamie about life important issues. I think Jamie's just come back from her five boyfriends and all of a sudden he's finished and tired and heard Ben Affleck's dong and was ready to go. Oh, oh, um, Apparently Casper fell asleep at the top of the stairs. Okay. Um, on I Ben Affleck's dong. Ben, I was going to say Ben Affleck's dong came all the way to Canada to sing a lullaby to Casper and <laughs> knocked him out. Ben, Affleck, <laughs> ben Affleck's dong went to a feminist rally and came back with his shirt ironed and holding a sandwich. <laughs> Like that's, that's how good that's how good it is. If Ben Affleck's dong was called Noah, it would get a date. Uh, uh, we're so glad you joined us to recap Ben Affleck's dong here with us today. Ben Affleck's dong is like wow, jeez. <laughs> Can I just point out that in 2020, I feel, Colin Hilding, you and I have crossed the threshold of not being gay to being gay. 
like a year ago, it was assumed I was, which has been a long like that that's always been with me, right? Since it high was not school. an assumption. It's a known fact. It's just but a okay. thing. Middle-aged gay club, all that kind of stuff. But this year, and like I'm calling this a win because like it's not even a not that it would be a bad thing, but it's like legitimately a point where you and I are so comfortable with it that we just every week are probably talking more about shirtless men and dongs than we ever do with women. <laughs> like remember that time this- when people were like Ben Waterworth, that sexist pig on Survivor Oz who just talks about sexy women and only voted <laughs> for Morgan because she has big boobs. Now it's all about me de- demeaning men and their dongs, and I'm fine with that. And you, you know what? Like, this is what lockdown does to you. Like, come on, let's restart the world here. Yep. <laughs> we need to regain a little bit of our heterosexuality. <laughs> sure. If, you, if you're into that, that's fine. I'm more into the dongs. Bring on the dongs. I want 2021 as, as just <laughs> dong central. <laughs> Affleck's dong. Uh, somehow part of this movie. Yep. <laughs> Chucking it in. Yep. Literally. Um. Anyways, I've completely forgotten where I was at. Oh, yeah, I was actually at the part of the movie talking about Ben Affleck's dong. (laughs) So distracting. Uh, Okay, so, yeah, the the, the family eventually finds out that... uh, Do they even find out that they're posing as a family? It just all happens... uh, No, they just get upset because this family is disturbed because the son's looking at porn of his mom and the brother and sister are having incestuous comments... Uh, and as they're getting ready to storm out, the father-in-law basically drops the bombshell uh, that the the fiance, Ben Affleck's fiance, is not his daughter, and that she got knocked up and he married her or whatever. Random plot twist. Don't know if we needed it's it. Funny though, I like this guy. <laughs> just like, oh, Deirdre. And I just point out that guy from the Mighty Ducks from D three, the Mighty Ducks. We were talking about that the other day. He's the mm-hmm. um. The, the dean of the, the prissy school that they all yeah. go to in, in D3, the Mighty Ducks. So that's him. Is that, oh, and, is, is and that politically what? correct to say prissy school? <laughs> well, we just talked about a dong for, I don't know, the last 10 minutes. Is that politically yeah, correct? And I also, I referred to somebody before as that black guy from Veronica's closet. <laughs> so I don't know if prissy is the worst thing I've said on this episode. So... Jamie just said, stop talking about dongs. She's getting excited. Jamie, come down and talk about dongs. (laughs) Uh, Ben Affleck's dong will beat you down the stairs. Ben Affleck's dong can beat me any way it likes. (laughs) I was going to say, that can be taken so many ways. Anyways, uh, really the only thing that wraps up this movie is after the fiance and Ben Affleck kind of break up, I guess is uh, we get the story about uh, his family. He never had a real family. This is where all the plot holes in the movie will exist because he had a dad that left him when he was four, just his mom raising him. They didn't have a lot of money. She worked as a waitress all the time, including on Christmas. This house they're living in, I understand that it's it's out of date, but this is a huge house. Mm. So his mom, who worked as a waitress, raised him herself in this mansion? <laughs> well, I, they I didn't still, get it They still way. say this This is his childhood home. That's the oh, one the thing that's not disputed. The family. In the oh, okay. I get you. I exactly, think you're talking yeah. about the house that he's living in right now. Okay. No, 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 no. But yeah, this is supposed to be his childhood home, but he says, my mom made no money. She worked as a waitress. You know, I, I raised myself. But yet, this is his childhood home. So mm. how does that make any sense? Yeah, they need to say like a line like dad left us, but he left us the house or something or like this was inherited because it is a yeah. fairly nice house. But it's it's also like, um, 
you know, it's in, in Friends, how do they afford that apartment on, on a waitress yeah. salad? And also, like, a Home Alone. Like, what did Kevin McAllister's parents do to own that fucking giant mansion? Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of... It is that bit of a silly thing if you look at it. In, in real-life terms, they're not going to own a house like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, God, maybe, maybe she... Maybe, well, let's be honest. If you're raising a kid with a dong that big, you're probably going to make <laughs> some money. They probably went to, like, freak show circuses and look at my kid's dong. And Jeffrey Jones uh, was there. I- <laughs> Bueller. Uh, there's also another little problem here where Christina Applegate asks him when he's leaving because she leaves first. Says, "Lock up when you leave." With what? <laughs> it's not his house. He has no key. You can't lock it from the inside. Let me just lock this deadbolt and then walk out the door and somehow secure it. Doesn't work that way. Uh, he just walks out too. Uh, He's back at his uh, huge, huge condo that he's living in that's filled with nothing. And James Gandolfini shows up. You think it's going to be a nice moment. What are you doing here? I was like, well, I've come to collect my money. You owe me money. Okay, I'll just write. This is where he writes in the check, which, you know, I'm assuming it's $350,000. And we don't see him go to the bank to cash it, but we can just assume. Uh, And uh, they decide they're going to go try to get his family back because James Gandolfini stormed out after seeing his wife did the porno, which is never really brought up by anybody. Uh, nobody's concerned, not even Ben Affleck, for this photographer that he endorsed and paid for. Yeah, that's sexual these assault. Photos. I'm, I'm calling it Yeah, now. exactly. Like if you're forcing somebody to do that, Harvey Weinstein got done for less than that. Yeah, and instead, all he does is he just drives James Gandolfini to the play. Yeah. He's like, oh, I think we're even now, buddy. And how does he know where <laughs> Ben Affleck lives? A- yeah, exactly, yeah. I mean, the fiancé knows where James Gandolfini's family lives. James Gandolfini knows where Ben Affleck lives. Hmm. He followed it's his 2004. dong. His dong was dragging exactly. all the way from <laughs> the, there, was the, there was the dong trail leading all yeah. the way back. <laughs> all the way this to giant Chicago. crease <laughs> through half of Illinois. <laughs> what is this like- canyon that has formed in the middle of Illinois? It's Ben Affleck's dong trail. And, and instead of, I know a glider wound when I've seen one, I know a dong imprint <laughs> when I've seen one. <laughs> I mean, Ben Affleck's dong is still back at the house. He didn't even it have is. to follow a trail. He just followed the dong. Yeah, half of it's still in his bedroom. Exactly. Uh, but the, he takes him to the play where Doodah's performing, uh, the Scrooge adaptation or whatever. Uh, none of the family's sitting together. Little Charlie's in the back sitting next to a girl. Uh, he sort of talks him into talking to this girl, which he doesn't really do. He just embarrasses him. And the girl's like, I can hear you guys, you know. And he just says, sorry about my brother or whatever. He goes up and uh, uh, James Gandolfini sits next to Catherine O'Hara. They don't really talk about anything. It's just sort of like, yeah, you know what? Ah, I'd rather stay at home. <laughs> I'm okay with this. Let's just live our boring life. Uh, and they all live happily ever after uh, with Ben Affleck now as their brother as he takes them to a 24-hour coffee shop that his mom worked at mm-hmm. on Christmas. Yeah, uh, The end of Surviving Christmas. A lot of questions unanswered. Um, I will say uh, there were no lights on the trees. Um, there you go. So obviously that that came after Ben Affleck decided to do everything else. Um, <laughs> yeah, I barely wrote any notes for this movie. Um, so I when one thing I've written here is when this is like ages ago. I think we already covered this bit, but when they're signing the contract, like at the very beginning. And you've got the lawyer guy who's just kind of like, you must do this, you must do that. I love it when the lawyer's like, and you must be filled with Yuletide glee. Like the way he kind of says that is kind of funny. 
Um, also, the like again, the teenage kid who's just always jerking off. Um, <laughs> the actor who plays him. Uh, so I just looked this up. Uh, Josh Zuckerman. Now he was in uh, Desperate Housewives for a little bit. But he was actually a random movie that I remember really liking. It was basically like a modern American pie, just one of these teen sex movies from like 2008 called Sex Drive. Just a random movie that I remember. I think like when Louise and I were together, uh, we saw it when I was working at Sanity. It was like five bucks. Um, it's actually quite funny. Like it's just basically about a guy who meets a girl on the internet and wants to drive to the other side of the country to have sex with her because he's a virgin. And then like everything happens on the way. Like, you know, oh, hilarity ensues. It's kind of like American Pie mixed with Road Trip or Euro Trip, one of those sort of movies. Mm. And he's the main star in that. And he's actually really funny in it. Um, so, like, I knew he was familiar. But, like, from what I... He's been in a few things that I've seen and he's actually quite good. He kind of plays the same character. But, um, no, I like him. He's, he's one of these ones that I'm surprised maybe isn't a bigger star than he actually is mm. um recently starred in 2020 in it's pony and useless humans so <laughs> there you go uh good for you josh Zuckerman. Wait, 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 where are the titles of those again uh uh, uh it's it it's pony and useless humans useless humans useless humans <laughs> which is an american independent sci-fi comedy film directed by Stephen all starring josh Zuckerman, davida williams Luke Youngblood, that's actually their name. Um, all the big names. Basically, <laughs> Brian and his three degenerate friends must save the world when a ruthless alien crashes his 30th birthday party. Cool. Exciting. Uh, seems like it got a higher approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes than Surviving Christmas. So um, we should probably be covering that instead. Um, yeah, like the porn thing just doesn't make sense. Like it just, it's there and then like... Like, if you discover Jamie a dumb porn, and let's be honest, you're going to discover it one day. She's dumb porn. <laughs> it's I, only a matter of time. <laughs> I Google it every day. I'm going to find it one day and I'll send it to you. But, like, like, are you just going to be like, I'm going to go stay at the travel lodge and come back five minutes later? Like, I feel like there's a bit more to this than that. Um, also, and I, even I, on her side. But I, I love the, um, the, the understudy duda and then the 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 guy from the mighty ducks and it's like well i believe that's called the such and such position oh yes it is and i love the understudy duda well, that's my girl <laughs> like this is the thing with this movie like these are genuinely funny moments that shouldn't be funny that are just so tacked on and weird but i just mm-hmm. can't dislike it because i can see what they're trying to do and like even with the ongoing jokes about incest here where it's kind of like oh yeah she just made out with me in the kitchen and then later on when they drive past and they see them making out again like there's just something so bad i like find it endearingly funny and again mm-hmm. like i feel like i read here john favreau was meant to have directed this movie but he instead did elf so it's kind of funny <laughs> that you know we we doing that movie next and i don't know like it's just I just can't hate this movie because like, it's, it's just, there's something about it where it's like, Oh, you, they're trying so hard and there's something there. Um, other bits are just like the, you'd mentioned the, the tobogganing bit. There's that, um, crash song, which I'm pretty sure in the same year, they did they not use that in the Mr. Bean holiday movie around about, I don't know how long after this or before this Mr. Bean's holiday came out, but I'm pretty sure that's the same song using that. I like that song. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I seriously feel sorry for this girl at this parade that like jerk off kid is basically like 
come on, you've shown no demeaning characteristics to this kid other than he's ashamed of his family and all he wants to do is have pride. Like, they literally catch him in the garage with the centerfold with his hands down his pants and covering up his groin as he's told to leave. <laughs> like, all this kid is worrying about is his dick and you're letting yeah. him basically go after a 15-year-old girl who, again, I'm not trying to be judgmental on how a girl looks, but this girl looks like a nice, young, innocent girl who wouldn't be there with her parents. There with her parents that wouldn't be into that type of thing. Again, I'm probably being very judgmental, but I'm also being equally judgmental against this young boy. He's going to sexually assault this girl and there's going to be a lawsuit. (laughs) He's going to Jeffrey Jones her and there's going to be a problem. Like, well, except this is a girl, not a boy. But hey, like it's still... (laughs) Like, I feel sorry for this girl in the future. So all I'm saying is that. Um, yeah, and, like, the one thing I'll say, though, like, the ending where, like, he gets with Christina Applegate, like, you talk about before with the kiss and then the sneeze. Like, again, you see what they're trying to do here. You see mm-hmm. that this is a setup and that he's going to be better off with her than a materialistic girlfriend. But I don't feel it. Like, like not yeah. saying there isn't something between Ben Affleck and Christina Applegate because there's kind of something there, but it's never at the point where I'm rooting for them to get together. Like I, exactly. I, I really don't care. And like, I feel that the message should be that don't, we don't need your money. You gave us the best gift of all. We're a family again. Like it's cheesy. It's smaltzy. It's hallmarky, but that's what you do in a Christmas movie. Like Christmas is Sell a something. The, yeah, the, the like, ending is meaningless. There, There is no point to the ending. There is no message. There's nothing. It just ends. Even Jack Frost, which I have a big problem with how that got set up, I would say that has even more of a message at the end than this does. Like, uh, the Grinch has more of a message than this does. <laughs> like, it's just odd. Like, because, like, now that I know they get the money, it kind of takes away from it. Like, you know, it's like... Yeah. Like they shouldn't get the money. Like, but you can't even interpret a nice ending out of it. Yeah. Um. But cool. So did we survive cool. the surviving Christmas <laughs> recap? Um. Maybe. I wonder if we're going to survive Christmas at this point because we've been pretty negative on everything we've covered here. But I'm going to say uh, I'm probably going to be the most positive about this film of the three we've covered well, so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't hate it. Like you no. said, I, I don't love it. There's issues with it, I would watch this over it. the first two that we've done. I would watch this over The Grinch and um, Jack Frost easily. Uh, I think they all have some strengths and some weaknesses. Uh, this one may have, the, it has the most wrong with it, but it also has the most right with it in some ways, you know? You know uh, there's something potential. in this that you could make, like this genuinely should be a good film. Yeah. Uh, so box office wise, this does not do well at all. Uh, big <laughs> surprise here. Uh, it, to be honest, it probably did better than people expected following Julie, uh, you know, a year earlier. Um, overall box office, it grosses $15 million worldwide. Wow. Uh, I don't even know what the budget is, but I'm sure it was more it was than 40 that. 40 million, I think, from what I saw. Well, opening weekend, uh, again, this comes out This comes out pre-Halloween, and you can see that in the fact that it lost to the number one movie at the box office, The Grudge, which made almost $40 million that weekend. Oh, wow! imagine the confusion on the season then. The Halloween movies and Christmas movies released the same week. Wait, The Grudge uh, made $40 this, million? Yeah, opening wow. weekend, $40 million. Jeez. Uh, now, other movies that beat it were Shark Tale in its mm-hmm. second weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer Lopez's Shall We Dance in its second weekend, a mm-hmm. movie filmed here in Winnipeg that I swear was sold out in Winnipeg for like four months straight. Uh, Friday Night Lights in its third weekend, great movie. Team America World Police in its oh. second weekend. 
Great Ladder name. 49 in his fourth weekend and then surviving Christmas uh, at number seven. $4.4 million opening weekend. Uh, and yearly box office, uh, this is like in the hundreds or something like that. It's How did this cost um, $45 million to make? Like, uh, this is one of these, again, the movies. Like, were there any special effects in this movie? Like, $45 million <laughs> to make lights. surviving Christmas movie? What? I will say one thing it does right, and we talk about in Jack Frost, uh, that there are some parts where the snow looked believable and a lot of parts where it looked really fake. Even when you know it's fake snow in this movie, it looks real to me. And that's just, again, yeah. what I talked about last week. Snow in the winter, if you have like a snowy climate, it's going to look dirty. It's going to look scattered ice chunks everywhere. It's filthy. It's not like pristine and everything. And this movie looked dirty to me. So uh, let's say $40 million on good looking fake snow. That's and all I can the rest say. on care for Ben Affleck's dong. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> his dong had its own assistant. Yep. His dong had its own photographer, uh, agent, yep. um, wife. Uh, Jennifer Jennifer Lopez what? left Ben Affleck for Ben Affleck's dong during ben, production of this movie. It just reminds you of that South Park episode when you have um, Ben Affleck leaving Jennifer Lopez for Cartman's hand with the, the, the taco flavored kisses. You remember that episode? No, I don't think oh, I ever saw that. That is one of the funniest episodes ever. And basically, like, just for some reason, the whole world believes that Cartman, with a clenched fist, with a drawn on mouth, putting on a terrible Latino accent. <laughs> Um, he's Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> uh, now, overall yearly box office for this, number 137, that's what it is. Uh, it just beat out Super Size Me, which, you know, was a huge hit because it was a low-budget, limited-release documentary. Uh, but as far as other wide-release movies, this just beat out Raise Your Voice with Hilary Duff. Oh. Uh, and made <laughs> slightly... <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about that movie, just like everyone else has. Raise your voice. Uh, it gets Duff. better. Cool. It gets better because Surviving Christmas was just beaten out by Chasing Liberty with Mandy Moore. Oh, so Ben Affleck, sandwiched wow. between two teen idols, um, every teen girl's dream in 2004. I, I, I just got flashbacks. Like, we're talking before about, like, Louise and I randomly getting movies. She was randomly into all these Hilary Duff and Aaron Carter and Lindsay Lohan, like, early 2000s. Mm. We'd always watch, like, I swear I watched every single Hilary Duff movie. And, like, I liked Hilary Duff. I was a teenage boy. What was, I had a yeah. giant, like, when I worked at the cinema. The dong. <laughs> I, had, I had a giant dong, but it was too much, so I got rid of it. Um... I, I had a giant Lizzie McGuire poster on my wall from the Lizzie McGuire movie because it was the only poster. I, I had, like, a life-size Hillary Duff on my wall. It was great. But, like, her movies are terrible. Like, raise yeah. your voice. And what was that one where, like, Heather Lockley is a mum and she's trying to hook oh, her the up? the perfect man. The perfect man. And, yeah. Um, God, I... No, I always get her... And, like, Amanda Bynes movies were exactly the same where, like... Mm-hmm. Like... What was the one where, like, Colin Firth was a rich English dad or something like that? Um, what a Girl Wants. What a Girl Wants, yeah. Jeez. Um, yeah. Early 2000s. Not a, Are we ever going to get nostalgic for that time period? I feel like we're not. No. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's good movies in there, but not for, like, the era and all the cliches like 90s movies we talk about oh yeah there's the the typical 90s action movie there's the typical 90s romantic comedy like the the sleepless in seattle ripoffs and all that uh the the slasher movies you know i don't feel like anything in the early to mid 2000s really ages that well but again mm. maybe the next generation will see it differently you know kind of like how we can look back fondly on the 80s and 90s and the prequels which should be looked back and the prequels anyway yes uh 
critically did not do very well either. Big surprise. Uh, this movie has 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, now, can you quickly, while I'm just reading through some of the reviews here, look up and see what Christmas with the Cranks got? Because I, I sure can. I, these movies come out back to back. Very different reactions because Christmas of the Cranks was like an enormous hit. Like it made like a hundred million dollars or something like that uh, and got destroyed by critics. 5%. This one. <laughs> so Christmas of the Cranks, worse review than this. I'm going to disagree with that because I actually think Christmas of the Cranks, I don't even remember something else you can research if you have time, uh, what we did with Christmas of the Cranks. Because these movies are very similar in tone, the type of humor they go for, the fact that they miss a lot of things, but they have a little bit of heart to them. Both uh, I think. Yeah, so I think that this is a, it's not, I, I prefer Christmas the Cranks over the, them both, but it's just weird how closely parallel these are and how differently audiences responded to them. Um, but Tim Allen versus Ben Affleck, I mean, Who would I you love rather? Ben Affleck, but I, Tim Allen, my childhood hero. Yeah, but Ben Affleck's got a big dong. Well, Tim Allen's probably think- got a pretty big dong. Yeah, I mean, he's a tool man, right? <clears throat> yeah, well, exactly. That's what, You think he's called a tool man because yeah. he likes tools. <laughs> He, he never did the grunting. His dong did the grunting yeah. for him on home. <laughs> it just takes over. <laughs> I don't think so, Tim. Oh, I do yeah. think so, Tim. Um, 7%, not very good. Uh, a couple uh, funny comments there are, are here on this movie. Uh, this one we pretty much agreed with. Surviving Christmas is unpleasant characters attacking each other for 90 minutes before delivering a typical hollow anti-consumerist message. Is there an anti-consumerist message in this movie? If he said no to the money, yes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing here. Uh, Another one from Entertainment Weekly. Lisa Schwartzbaum said, really, critics and audiences ought to turn thoughts and walls discreetly away from Surviving Christmas, ignoring the site as if Santa had just stepped in droppings from Donner and Blitzen. (laughs) That's nice. Um, IMDb reviews. I'm I'm just going to go through one really quickly. There's a couple funny comments here. A 10-star review on IMDb. The truth is, this is a great movie for all ages from Moose Tales 1. (laughs) Uh, a couple of comments in here. I took my 10-year-old son and 15-year-old daughter, and we all love the movie. I will be buying it on video. Can we just add that as a buy it from Moose Tales on 1? On video. On videotape. Yes. Cassette. Yes. Uh, I think this, this one was great. I think people are slamming the movie based on political disagreements <laughs> or the J-Lo thing. A lot of people walking out of this saying, no, I don't like the politics of surviving Christmas. You're not going to sell me on this, you Republican fascists. They walk out. I disagree with the war with Iraq, just like I disagree with surviving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the way they shove down that Bush agenda about <laughs> the weapons of mass destruction. Oh, terrible. Just disgusting. When I think of Ben Affleck, I think of Saddam Hussein and weapons of mass destruction. Uh, a couple of other comments this person had. I almost missed out because of unfair comments about this movie, but a clip on a talk show made me want to see it. <laughs> Which talk show? <laughs> Can we find the only talk show that had coverage of Surviving Christmas? Um, so so glad I saw the clip. Go see it and you won't be disappointed, smiley face. Christina Applegate and Ben Affleck were great. And the dad on this movie was too. I didn't recognize him from anything, but he was a perfect match with the part. No, no that, that, the that only... dad from Surviving Christmas wasn't on maybe like the biggest TV show in the world yeah, in 2004. Like, he's the... 2004, he's the only one in this movie with a career. He's like the biggest thing ever in 2004. Like, maybe the star of what is conceived as the greatest television show of all time. No, that guy. The show that. The show that made HBO. No question about it. HBO, which took over the world 
I didn't recognize him, but he was good in the role. Like, like, <laughs> I I've, hope he has a future in this industry. I have never watched Game of Thrones in my life, but I could tell you who half the stars of that look like and what their yeah, names exactly. are. Like, I know Amelia Clark because she was that woman from Game of Thrones who tried to make a big in other things. And what's his face? <laughs> Jon Snow. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but... Um, that oh, guy. Kit Harrington. Thank you, Kit Harrington. Like, I know if I see his face, I'm like, oh, that's that guy from Game of Thrones. I don't know. I don't watch yeah. the show, but I know who he is. Uh, plot keywords. Plot keywords. Uh, can we do Internet uh, Pornography Month or Amateur Theatre Month? <laughs> well, you look up Internet Pornography Month. <laughs> I always look up Internet Pornography Month. Um, <laughs> super Bad, Surviving Christmas, Little Children. Wow. Tell, um, please tell me you're not reading your DVD shelf right now. And Don John. Uh, followed Don, by Don? Don? Don Dong or John. Don? So number five, Piranha 3D, followed by number six, Men, Women and Children. What's with all those <laughs> children movies to do with internet pornography? Oh, there's another movie here, Hot Girls Wanted, Turned On. Can we watch that? Uh, I'm going to look up Roasted Chestnuts Month and I'm hoping I don't see Men, Women and Children on here. There's um, Barely Legal as a movie. So I'm looking at all these so, movies. They're going to be on my DVD shelf. If we did Roasted Chestnuts Month, we could be talking about Too Close for Christmas, Surviving Christmas, The Pillow Book, Ooh. or Pressure Point, a movie with what looks like two muscly men uh, either lunging towards each other or trying to kiss each other. Pre- pressure uh, the plot point. says, oh, I kind of want to see this. A black prison psychiatrist is assigned to the distasteful task of helping a paranoid American Nazi charged with sedition. Wow. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a plot that you barely even have to take into a movie executive meeting. You just send that in a text. <laughs> Greenlit, here's a yeah. million dollars. Um, pressure point, there's a, a, an Australian football joke. If anybody knows Chris Judd, Brennan Favola from 2009, pressure point, pressure point. You don't care. Oh, it. I know it. Yeah. Uh, unhappy marriage month. Uh, well, that's, your, that's your month. Tell us about it. <laughs> Marshmallow month. Uh, amateur theater. Well, let's just look up amateur theater month really quickly. <laughs> amateur pornography uh, month. I'm down. <laughs> Surviving Christmas number one, followed by the pacifier. Waiting for Guffman. State in Maine. I get waiting for Guffman. That's the entire premise of the movie. Is there Never a lot of amateur it. theater and waiting for Guffman? Did you ever see um, all the Christopher Guest and uh, Harry Shearer, uh, Michael McKeon movies like Best in Show, uh, Mighty Wind? No. It, they're like mockumentaries. Catherine O'Hara is in them too. Oh, uh, this, kind of this like was the, uh, Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah, this is Spinal Tap would be like first movie they collaborated. Waiting for Guffman was like the big breakthrough one they did in the 90s. Great movie about a small town putting on a, a play. Uh, a, a lot like the Doodahs play. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, what are we going to do with this movie? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll go first here. Uh, I do feel like you probably enjoy this a little bit more than me. I would say the first half hour of this movie, it was killing me. Like I couldn't stand the first half hour of this movie except for the one skeleton gag. And then it almost started with me over. It's again, very similar to Christmas of the Cranks. You start to feel like this movie's stupid. I shouldn't be liking this. And then they throw something at you at the end where you're like, you know, it's kind of nice. Christmas of the Cranks has a nice ending to it. With this, I feel like they tried to throw something at you close to the end that was nice. And you get your hopes up and you're ultimately let down. But it's the thought that counts, right? Right, Christine Applegate? It's the thought that counts. Yeah, Christine Applegate. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, even though I, there's a couple parts in this movie I enjoyed, I mean, I don't hate that. I have some affection for their attempt at making something nice and unique here. So I'm going to bin it, but I'm binning it with some affection. This isn't like uh, the, the Grinch where I went from having some affection to the movie to basically saying this is complete trash. I, I don't I don't hate this movie. I'm going to low rent it. 
Because um, again, like I, everything you say, I agree with, and like I just I can't dislike this movie enough that, like, I just feel a bean is a movie that I just would never want to watch again. And like, okay, I'm not going to rush out to watch Surviving Christmas again, but like there was just something about this where I was kind of like, if that was on TV and I was flicking channels, I'd I'd give it another watch, you know, and like. Yeah. Of all the movies we have done this month, and I'll say this right now, I'm putting this at number one on my list right now of the three movies we've done. Like, I, I would watch this over The Grinch, and I would watch this over Jack Frost. Um, and, again, I feel there's something in this that could have made, like, a really good movie. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, and this is putting Elf on track for maybe the number one movie of the <laughs> month, and I never would have guessed that. Um, we'll talk about that in a sec, but... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I can't hate this movie, but I don't absolutely love it. So, very low rent from me. Like, everything in this movie fails, but there are some areas where even though I said I enjoyed Jack Frost, I even rented it, um, there's areas of this movie where I feel like it's more successful than Jack Frost. I think originality, it gets the points. Even though they didn't succeed in executing what I think they tried to execute, it's memorable. You mentioned last week how you always confuse Surviving Christmas with all the other movies of the time, like Four Christmases and Fred Claus and all those other ones that came out. Um, I think it's easier to at least remember this movie now because it has its own original plot. It's just, mm. it doesn't quite pull it off. They bit off more than they could chew. Uh, whereas Jack Frost, I feel like they didn't have, they made the best of having nothing to work with. Uh, I'm not going to rank this higher than Jack Frost because I-, I would go out of my way to watch Jack Frost again, you know, even if it is flawed. Uh, but I would go out of my way to watch this before The Grinch. <laughs> and everybody's going to hate us because, like you said, at least the generation we came out of, now all of a sudden the doors, the Jim Carrey Grinch movie. But I'm I'm serious. I think it's the worst movie we've covered so far. Of, of all the three movies that we've done um, so far, I would say Surviving Christmas is the one I spent the least time on my phone on during the movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to Grinch and Jack Frost, I got like half an hour on board on my phone. Whereas this one, I maybe picked it up once and oh, okay, I'm going to keep watching this movie. So, yeah. And, and you know, this is what's really weird about this month because we're covering Elf next to finish it up. Is Elf going to be dropping on Christmas Day, day, bef- day before Christmas um, Eve? Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. I believe this episode okay. you're listening to right now has dropped on the Monday, I think. So, um, yes, we know our schedule. No, this this uh, Elf will be on the usual day. We've just put Surviving Christmas a few days earlier. All right, so forget your families on Christmas Eve. Load up on that <laughs> loaded with booze eggnog they sell in this movie and listen to our recap of Elf. Uh, but it, what is weird about this is that when we started this month, we sort of picked our movies. Neither of us has seen Surviving Christmas. Um, I had seen Jack Frost. Don't remember it being, it's not as good as I say I remembered it being, but still kind of enjoyed it. Both of us were like, yeah, we don't mind the Grinch, but came out of it more negative. We started this month by saying neither of us are huge fans of Elf. It's just sort of there. We might end up giving our most positive review yet for Elf, which is weird. Because uh, I've seen this probably only two, maybe three times, maybe only two times all the way through. I know so many people who like this is their go-to Christmas movie. They have to watch it every single year. I remember seeing this probably when it came out on DVD. Uh, watched it a couple of years after that. Um, and my brother's house, this plays all the time. And and even he'll stand by and say that it's like a classic Christmas movie. And I, I'd never gotten that feeling for, for me. I saw it. I enjoyed everything about it. I, I would go as far as say, I really enjoyed everything about it, but I never get the urge. Not one Christmas comes up where I'm like, I have to watch Elf. It's like, it's on TV. Maybe I'll check it out. Uh, it's similar to the Grinch with me. It's one of these ones that I feel I should have watched at the time, but for some reason I just avoided for a long time and watching. I I've only seen this movie once it was a couple of years ago I was flying somewhere and it was on one of the movies to watch on the plane. So I was like, oh, I've never seen Elf. Maybe it's time to watch it. 
Um, and I remember watching it and kind of coming out of it going, okay, that was Elf. Um, like, you know, like I, I, I wasn't blown away with how amazing it was. I didn't hate it. Uh, I'm a huge Will Ferrell fan. Is this the first Will Ferrell movie we've done, by the way? Uh, I think so, yeah. I mean, we covered the Eurovision as um, oh, a review, okay. but for a recap, yeah. Yeah, and like I, I'm, I mean, he might be in my top 10 favorite actors. Like up there, you know, not, not as much love as Jim Carrey, but, you know, he's definitely one of those actors where generally people love him or hate him. If you like his comedy, you will like his movies, kind of like an Adam Sandler. Maybe not quite as diverse as Adam Sandler, but in terms of, I mean, okay, he does more diverse films than Adam Sandler. Diverse. I mean, not, not quite as, um, you know, you're very pro Adam Sandler or you're very against Adam yeah. Sandler, as Will Ferrell sometimes a bit in the middle. Um, but. Like, I remember loving Will Ferrell in this movie because he's funny. Like, he's always funny, generally. Um, and there's some other great people in it. Like, I mentioned Mary Steinberg is in it. Um, uh, uh, Peter Dinklage is in this movie from memory, is he not? James Caan from The Godfather. Khan. Isn't there somebody else, like, really famous? There's a few really famous people in this movie. Like, I feel like it's like uh, a, a solid cast. Yeah, Bob Newhart. Uh, yes. <laughs> a lot of stars. Zoe Deschanel. Newhart, Ed, Ed Asner. Yeah, you know, I have issues with her. We're going to get into that next week. But you don't um, like her. John Favreau is in it. I mean, he directs it, so uh, he he's in it. Andy Richter. Well. Yeah. Uh, who else? I'm looking here on the list. Andy, yeah, Andy Richter. Um, I feel there's someone else in this that's just going to stand out to me when I watch the movie. But um, yeah, I mean, like it's it's fine. But like having said that, it's been a couple of years. I've seen it once. I might all of a sudden watch this. Go, actually, no, I really like this movie. This this movie is mm. great. The the two things that I do really uh, think people should do in the meantime, in the couple of days. There's the theory, the fan theory, that Elf is a prequel. Step Brothers is a sequel to Elf. <laughs> I don't know if you've read this theory. Yeah, that, I've heard that before. So basically, because Mary, I think Mary Steinberg is like basically because he's she's Will Ferrell's mum in Step Brothers, right? So they kind of like connected it. That like it's actually quite clever when you read it. Um, and there's also that there's a channel on YouTube. I think there's a couple, but there's the one where they re-edit movie trailers to make it look different. So like there's a Dumb and Dumber trailer basically oh, selling yeah. Dumb and Dumber as like a, a Oscar-worthy a movie. movie. And there's like, yeah, so that somebody's made Elf into a horror movie. They did it also with um, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. And mm-hmm. like it legitimately works. Like somebody did Silence of the Lambs as a romantic comedy and like it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Um, like they're so clever so people watch the elf as a horror movie one and like it's fucking scary like wow i'd watch that that's kind of cool um see i'm looking forward to it like i I, again i i feel like this could come out as number one or maybe (laughs) surviving christmas will come out (laughs) uh it's our last full recap of the year so yeah it's been a long time since i've seen the movie too so i mean we could have something where I'm just like, oh yeah, I, I, I love this movie way more than I did when I originally watched this or it could go the opposite direction of like The Grinch and, where it's like, yeah, this is total garbage. And from memory, this is like, was this the movie that kind of set Will Ferrell into like super... Because yeah. I know he's on Saturday well, Night Live, but was this before or after Anchorman? This was before Anchorman. It was before Anchorman. It was after Old School, but Old School he was supporting. Like he got all the... Att- old School was a massive hit. He got all the attention for it, but he wasn't the main star. So this was like leading role Will Ferrell the movie star this was the start because because even zoolander like zoolander was never like a massive massive hit that kind of became a cult thing but even i think it took me a while to realize that he was magatu in in zoolander right and that's a top 20 movie for me from memory um and i would watch zoolander to death but even then also like going back and realizing that 
he's in the first of Austin Powers movies, A Night at the Roxbury. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, you know, again, I'm, we'll talk about maybe Saturday Night Live next week. I Like, it's something that I kind of was late to only watch for a small period of time. And maybe the, the 12 to 18 months I ever watched Saturday Night Live, Will Ferrell's in it still. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I kind of, he was my era of Saturday Night Live that I remember. But, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting to look back on this when he was kind of, you know, not necessarily superstar. Like, it's kind of like um, Steve Carell, how kind of like, that was really Bruce Almighty that was kind of around that period. Yeah. And then obviously 40-year-old Virgin set him higher up than that. So I always look at those two as very similar career paths and not just because they're in that sort Anchorman. of grouping um, of people. Uh, are you an Anchorman fan? Oh, yeah. I've never seen the sequel, though. Like, it, Anchorman 1 is a movie that I appreciate so much that, like, I couldn't bring myself to watch the sequel unless somebody said it is so good. And most people were like, it was okay. I was late to the Anchorman party. I watched it and really enjoyed it. I think I might have only watched it maybe like a month or two before the sequel. And I remember seeing the sequel at the movies and I was kind of like, it's fine. Like, you know, like, I would like to get more into those movies. It's kind of like Zoolander 2. Like, I went and saw it because day one I'm going to see it because I love the first one. And I remember everyone's going like, this is terrible. This is so bad. And I remember watching it going, okay, it's it's fine. It's like Dumb and Dumber 2. It's like mm-hmm. not as bad yeah. as I thought it was going to be, but also not as good as the original that I probably don't need to see that anytime again soon. And I haven't mm-hmm. watched Zoolander 2 since I saw it at the movies. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going to get to Elf in a couple of days on Christmas Eve. And uh, that, like Ben said, that'll be our last movie recap of the year. Um, but we may have uh, another episode coming out before then. If we Wonder, might Woman. Have Wonder Woman, yeah, yeah, if, we're I mean, hoping. Thing, well, I think what we'll say with Wonder Woman is that, like, if it we don't get to see it till Christmas Day, it's probably not going to come out until New Year because some of us might be busy. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> doing adult things, but um, yeah, the way everybody's assuming Jamie right now. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone's doing Jamie at Christmas. That's, she's the Christmas present that keeps on giving. Come on in, kids. Oh, actually not kids. Well, you know, whatever floats a boat. Uh, but we're going to have something for you before the end of the year. If not, you'll just listen to our best of episode coming very soon. Yes. Uh, hilarious stuff on there. Oh, so good. Uh, thank you for joining us. My name is Colin, and uh, we have just covered Surviving Ben Affleck's Dong. Uh, and my name is Ben, and where's this closing going? Fiji! <laughs> First class! Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time